0: Be with someone else.
1: Very nice. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Let's Argue, where I, Anthony Fantano, the best teeth in the game, takes your unsolicited tweets and opinions, and uh, we do shit with them. Let's go! Hot damn. Okay, I'm kidding. Welcome to the Garrett Schalke Podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Schelke, and we are joined by a special guest today. He was a Sessions musician (laughs) who's most well-known for playing with Rob Zombie and Marilyn Manson. In fact, you may know him because Marilyn Manson kicked his fucking head in one time on stage. Everyone, John Five. Hello, hello. John Five, how are you doing?
2: Fantastically.
1: I like your hat, John Five.
2: Thank you, it's felt...
1: Yeah, I must say you really changed from your Marilyn Manson days. Probably,
2: I shaved my head.
1: Yeah, and now you're like doing country now. Quite a a
2: bit.
1: Quite a big change from like alternative metal and industrial. (laughs) Quite
2: a bit. Quite a bit different
1: these days. Oh shit, John Five's gone. Thank you, John Five. (laughs) now we have the guy from Blues Traveler
2: here. Oh, no, John Popper is hi, my I, name.
1: Hi, John Popper. How are you doing?
2: Oh, I'd be better with a harmonica. <laughs> Thank you, that
1: <laughs> white guy with harmonica. Oh, Don't I have harmonicas? <laughs> oh. No, John, Pop, John Popper from Blues Traveler. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, shit. He's, he's bringing out the harmonicas.
3: What? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: It's a good thing I'm a product photographer and I recently <laughs> had harmonicas to photograph.
1: <laughs> uh, we're kidding folks. We're just starting off something different. You're kidding. Yeah. No, you're kidding too. Stop. <laughs> Actually, we're joined today by, uh, the our global Zach Elmblad. As we say again, this is the Garrett Schelke podcast. And, uh, oh, I forgot to note this, uh, Last time that you and I talked, but uh, yeah, you know that this show is past 50 episodes now. Oh, that's crazy! (laughs) Yeah, uh, forgot to fucking note that probably should have. Hmm. Which one
2: was episode 50?
1: I gotta gotta take a look. I think it was actually with a Jean Paul Ziederman of uh, Hmm. a BP Blattis. Then I noticed, I'm like, oh shit, oh fuck, (laughs) I'm at 50
2: episodes now got to do something for episode 69. <laughs> nice. Nice.
1: So anyway, yeah, uh, we're back here in Cowzoo Partray Center, Elblad Media Group. Zach, how you doing? Good. Yeah, it's Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's the day of
2: rest. That's why we're working.
1: Sunday, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday at the Cowzoo Fairground. It is Five Finger Death Punch. Right. That's right. Five Finger Death Punch at the Town Zoo State Fair. Opening for them Conrad Twitty <laughs> Band. Conrad Twitty Band opening for Five Finger Death Punch. Whoa. And afterwards, it's fu- fucking monster truck rally. With Bigfoot.
2: Wasn't Five Finger Death Punch in the news recently? Didn't didn't the front man say some dumb shit? Prob- I feel like. Probably did. The last time I heard them was a. Uh,
1: 2020 at the start of the pandemic, they did a music video for one of their shitty songs that implied that had like people wearing masks with communist symbols on them, implying that you were a communist if you wore a mask.
2: Oh yeah, it
1: had like shitty lyrics like "Superman, where are you at?" or something, huh? oh jeez.
2: Yeah, I don't know anything about Five figure Death Punch.
1: Or like five finger bootlickers. They they love cops. Oh, like oh I think wow.
2: I think they have like a song that's basically a cop anthem. I know DJ calls them five finger butt punch. <laughs> five butt punch. <laughs> uh, well
1: yeah, so they suck. And uh, along with Kid Rock, they're like one of the bands that people who bash bigger cities, like Grand Rapids. Mm. They'll come out to see them, but then, you know, then they'll go back and say, Great Rap is a shithole. All the shootings, all the poverty. Unlike my little farm town. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, I'm going to see Five Finger Death Punch at 20 Monroe Live. <laughs> the next month is Rock Kid. Rock Kid. The country and, musician. <laughs> and thankfully there will be cops there to... Keep away all them
2: scary BLMM protesters. Bob Ritchie. Fucking rapper turned metal artist turned country rocker. (laughs) Dude, that's the thing. Kid Rock. I actually do like him as a
1: rapper. I thought he was good. Uh Not like Eminem level, but still good. He had his own style. Yeah. Uh, I did... I did like him, like some of his metal stuff. Twisted
2: Brown Trucker band. Twisted That's what made Brown good. Trucker. <laughs> what was the drummer's name? Uncle Cracker? No, 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 no. That was the DJ. The drummer uh, was. Um, it was a woman, a, f- a female drummer. She was fucking good. Uh, I don't remember her name, but she uh, was like really, really, like uh, way more talented than that band ever would have let her show.
1: Yeah, the only two members I remember are Kid or Uncle Cracker, who did that "Follow Me" song,
2: and then uh, that midget dude who, Joe C. Yeah, Joe C. Oh, God. When I saw Kid Rock in 98 or 99, oh, yeah. was
1: oh yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah, folks. We were
2: talking about numerous stuff. Yeah, we were talking this. about nostalgic late 90s concert experiences, yeah, and, as me as a teenager. Yeah, <laughs> and
1: Zach, being the lucky fellow that he is, yeah. he saw the 1999
2: Family Values tour. Yeah.
1: I, I am incensed because I would have yeah. loved to have been it there. It
2: was a hell of a time to be how old was I? I? was 15 in 1990. No, I was 14 in 1999. So yeah, it was a hell of a time to be 14 years old and seeing the, like us back when, like things were still mysterious, right? Like you saw all these guys on MTV and there was like, There's no Twitter feeds for you to find out. Like, the only way that you would find out about what the musicians were up to was, like, interviews in Guitar World, interviews in in this
1: Or you you join their fan club. Or you
2: join the fan club, or you you go to their website for an update once a month. Their fucking GeoCities website. Oh, God. Oh, man. Like, that... It was... It was such a crazy time. Like all those things were just sold to you, you know. Like all, like Flip, Interscope, and and all, all the record companies were just jamming that shit down your yeah. throat. Fucking, um, what was that show? Carson Daly hosted on uh, MTV. Total Request Live. Yeah, Total Request yeah, I Live. Remember, dude. I
1: remember that. Corn's uh, uh, uh,
2: "Freak on a Leash" was like I think the longest vid that they had on there. makes they had to dude. retire it i was so far in that demographic dude like i just i that's where i bought all of my music was off of who i was seeing there you know like the hard rock acts anyway like who else was at that like crazy town yeah. and um come come my leg come, Ray, come, yeah, my leg. yeah. <laughs> uh, like system of a down and um, oh wait we write on the wiki they uh had disagreement with Bizkit, and Limbiska had them booing mm. off. Well, yeah, I mean, Crazy Town wasn't on Family Values '99. That was, oh. it was stained filter, crystal method, corn, and Limbiska. Pa- Power Man Five Thousand. That was kid. That was with Kid Rock. Oh, okay. Yeah, that yeah, it was a good year for concerts, man. Kid Rock. Oh, man. With you yeah, Buck this is, Cherry is the middle act, and Power Man Five Thousand yeah, is the opening act. Sorry, should have been the yeah, other way around. Yeah,
1: sorry, Zoomers. <laughs> this was back when music was good. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: don't know if I'd say that, man.
1: Come on, we just watched when when Worlds Collide by Power Man Five Thousand.
2: You know what's crazy? And, to and think?
1: Ro- Rob Zombie's brother is literally singing while shooting
2: lasers out of his hands.
1: Dude, That's good shit.
2: Like. What's crazy to think about is that that's basically classic rock now. Like, in, in 1999, know. when I was seeing those shows, like, that would have been, like, 20 years previous to that would have been the summer of 1979. So that's, yeah. like, when punk was coming out. Like, Bohemian Rhapsody probably would have been yeah. on the radio and, like, some y- Yes tracks. <laughs> like, a, what what the fuck was on the radio in 79 that was not disco? And not like the beginning of new wave uh, or Rush. punk. Yeah, yeah, Rush. Or
1: actually, punk. Was, Genesis. Yeah, actually, punk was a uh, in part a response to a lot of that shit. Yeah, exactly. It's like wow, a ten minute song with seven minute solo. Yeah, I guess like Ziggy uh,
2: Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. Would that be a '79 album? Uh, or like Deep uh, Purple. Would have been going on like so all, all yeah. of those classic rock bands that we're talking, you know, the who and shit like all those guys were on tour in 1979. So like if we talk about now in maybe 2019 mm-hmm. or 2022, like think about bands that I saw in 2002. God, who who would I have gone to see a show like Dream Theater in 2002? Mm-hmm. Uh, Who else would I have gone to see? Man, a, that was—I saw modest mouse in 2002 at the intersection in Grand Rapids on the Moon and Moon and Antarctica tour.
1: I mean, Dream Theater and Modest Mouse. You, you <laughs> already at this time, you've had a way of ants musical
2: repertoire yeah. than I did. That probably—that might have been the first time I saw Opeth as well. That would have been Deliverance Damnation. I think 2001. So probably no, I, I don't know that one. That one, I, I can't remember the first time I saw Opeth. I know for sure I saw them in 04 and 05. Mm, maybe just 05. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, oh man, 20 years it's fucking crazy. Yeah, 20 years. 2002 was 20 years ago. I was a junior in high school. Oh, I would, probably saw Green Day a couple times that year. Um, mm. Oh, yeah, that was the tour. Uh, Jimmy Eat World and Uh, Weezer and Tenacious D.
1: Actually, Jimmy Eat World are currently celebrating the 20th anniversary of their self-titled album. Yep, the timing tracks. Which was supposed to be Bleed American,
2: but then 9-11 happened. I think a band called Sugar Cult played on that tour. Sugar Cult. Man, man, 2002 was a long fucking time ago, Garrett. That was a long time ago. 20 years ago.
1: Yeah, you Walmart. were seeing, you were doing cool shit.
2: I was. I, I, was, I was playing was, shows yeah, that year. Yeah,
1: I was up in Alpena, basically. 2002,
2: so, I played the grand opening of the Walmart Supercenter in Plainwell, underneath oh, the legs of a giant, holy like, shit. Keebler elf. Holy <laughs> <Yeah. fucking> <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> Wow, man. Yeah, yeah. Maxim uh, was, wow, well, I probably saw... Was this Conrad uh, 20 band, too? <laughs> no, that was uh, Maxim. Mexum. Mexum. M E X E M. Which was a ba- We that's, changed the band name from Kerplunk to Mexum after we dropped the fourth member.
1: That's a very new metal name. Mexum. Yes. Yeah, and Kerplunk is obviously a fucking Green Day inspired. Yeah.
2: Band. Well, we were a Green Day cover band when we first started out. There we go. You know. And then we learned a couple other tunes. What do we. we our first show we played at. Uh, the Schoolcraft High School Talent Show. We played Can't two songs. I love it. Uh, uh, the, the Pixies, Where Is My Mind? and Super Drag, Who Sucked Out the Feeling? were the two songs that we played. We played covers at that show. God, we're like, so I would have been going to shows at like Club Soda back then, The Space. Maybe the space closed in O two. Um, 2 Legendary Kalamazoo. Definitely, vendors. definitely, definitely. Oh, I'm nostalgic now. Look at what we've done to ourselves.
1: Well, actually, uh, you want to get more nostalgic. Remember the Now That's Why I Call Music series? I do. They're still putting out albums for that.
2: Yeah, how ma- what's the, no- or is it like Now 89, <laughs> Now 95? It's, it's past 60. Past 60, they wow. Did, they did have a 69, which got a lot. Of those, com- those fucking commercials were intolerable back then. Now, that's what I call music. <laughs> Volume 3. You can still in see, stores now. You can still see them on Facebook. Good I Lord. See. Yeah, and
1: uh, and I got into a little titty with a guy who's all like, Today's music suck. i glad I grew up in blah, blah, blah. Whatever. So, of course, I put one of my favorite tag groups called... Boomers will be gone soon. <laughs> which he, yeah. which he then promptly replied, "Fuck you, Garrett Shelkey. I'm a Gen Xer and proud."
2: Whatever, dude. Like, Who wow, cares? wow, you're really proud of that, huh? Who cares? I mean, really, <laughs> like, I, the generational thing is just so, like, you can't. You can't define a group of people based on the year they were born. I think I feel
1: this guy could. He he's he's the type of guy who would always tell you like, "Well, you know, here's my top five reasons why Eddie Vedder is superior to Kurt Cobain."
2: Okay, that is definitely a Gen X. <laughs> yeah. Anyone with a like an academic opinion on Eddie Vedder was definitely born before 1985. <laughs> Jeremy Spoken class today. So that song was on MTV a lot when I was a kid. But the song I really liked from Pearl Jam was "Do the Evolution," and they had a fucking sweet animated video for it and like that would have been very similar to the time when paranoid the paranoid android the radio had yeah. paranoid yeah. android oh, video yes. came out yeah dude like animated music videos what a thing i know and that's uh, fucking crazy that shit was happening
1: who can imagine
2: yeah well i mean you had like the peter gabriel claymation weirdness in the 80s but like fully i wonder didn't, didn't like. Genesis,
1: Land of Confusion. Was that like a claymation video? It might have been, yeah.
3: Superman, where are you at? <laughs> The Land of Confusion.
2: That's post-Peter Gabriel. Enter Phil Collins. Yeah.
1: The hardest man in rock. God. Phil uh,
2: Collins.
1: Patton Oswalt has a great line where he says, like, if I ever have a kid, I will never let them listen to modern music they will only listen to one thing. Phil Collins, no jacket required. Ugh. it's kind of like him. Gated
2: snare. Gross. I know. Then
1: he said when, you know, I used to think this was hard. Like, yeah, you know, Phil Collins goes really hard on this album. He wears shorts with dress shoes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> no jacket required. Selling England's pants by the pound. <sighs> oh,
1: jeez. Uh, fun ICP factoid that I remember from the behind the paint memoir Mm. Von Jay was talking about their first uh, European tour which was insane in itself and none of them like really knew who they were so they were just shit talking the entire time so Von Jay claimed that uh, he was so famous that he actually wrote songs for Pearl Jam (laughs) Yeah, he was writing songs for Pearl Jam So like he claimed he wrote even flow and alive (laughs) (laughs) and they believed him. That's hilarious. And they fucking believed him. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, well, they had to break it up though. The actual song was like, Jeremy's even flow, the alive in my ass or something. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess apparently the saying back then in Europe was instead of, oh shit, it's like shit hot. Like, oh shit hot, for real? Huh. Should never heard that I never heard that one either, no. Alright, let's stop reminiscing. Alright. Oh, one more reminisce. Alright. You know who I you know who I do hear on Classic Rock Radio a lot?
3: Hmm.
2: No doubt. God, that makes me feel so old. The
1: classic rock station at my job, we too, yeah. to, which is a serious XM
2: station, yeah. by the way. Tragic Kingdom, that was like yeah. 97, 98. Yeah, that they, was a long al- time ago. They, they always play I'm Just a Girl. Yeah, that's probably going to okay. be a 21st, 25th yeah. anniversary album soon.
1: Yep, and they also <laughs> play Green Day and the on there.
2: Yeah, so that's like, you'll wild. So he- you'll hear Queen and the guy who had yeah.
1: Fortunate Son. Then you know I'm Just a Girl comes on
2: that's crazy dude i think dookie came out in 1994 that means that like green day is probably gonna like they were releasing albums in like 88 87 88 like they're coming up on a 40 year anniversary soon green day has been around for almost 40 fucking years and still punk as fuck (laughs) haven't sold out at all nah yeah. Green Day, oh. never selling out. I remember watching them on a live performance on MTV, maybe, maybe 97, 98, and like they had to stop the show because Mike Dirt got a nosebleed. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember being like, oh, I wonder if the, the weather changed or whatever. It's like, no, pretty sure he was snorting some type of powder. <laughs> uh, last th- last video I saw of them was... a. Uh Billy Joe
1: Armstrong, uh, playing, they were playing at the iTunes iHeart Music Festival. hmm And he got pissed because uh, he was doing that... Uh, what's their song? You know, Do You Have the Time to Listen to Me Whine? A Basket
2: Case. Basket Case, I think. Yeah.
1: And it was supposed to be their last song, and they had, like, a timer up indicating how much time they had left. Wow. And this pissed Billy Joe off because... You know, you don't I've been, I've been ju- you're putting me off. Fucking timer. You know who the fuck I am. Like he literally <laughs> went into that rant. You know, big rock star rant. Which i have to give it to him. He, he kind of is. Yeah. So he just you know like smashed his guitar, and said "fuck you all," and left. Wow. Can't really blame him.
2: No, I mean... Because there was
1: probably some shitty band after that, like, headlining and matching dragons.
2: Probably, but as a person who produces shows regularly throughout the year and has for, like, 20 years, like, you sort of have to run by schedule or everything gets fucked up. Like, I, I guess so, but again, this is
1: Green Day, now legendary rock and roll Hall of Famers. Punk
2: legends, Where you like it or not, sorry... People. city ordinances are city ordinances man like if no. if the production company is gonna get fined a hundred thousand dollars for being I, loud I get, after 10 p.m i know
1: but i guess i could see it be a little bit miffed of course B- yeah, B- yeah of course B- i can see both yeah.
2: sides of the story yeah. yeah yeah put them on a timer like oh you got five you're, you're minutes left Put me on a timer <laughs> i don't know it's like your songs are two and a half minutes long asshole just fucking play <laughs> two more jesus christ <laughs> I don't know. Could, would you imagine
1: they put Beethoven on time, timer? <laughs> yes, I did compare
2: Green Day to fucking Beethoven. Good job.
1: <laughs> quality content here on the Garrett Schalke podcast.
2: Yep. Music history lesson for everyone.
1: Uh, speak of quality content.
2: Oh, the water drink.
1: That's not it. I'm just thirsty. Oh. Well, we did start off this podcast with this. Thanks to John 5 and John Popper for coming on. Yeah, but, uh, special guests. <clears throat> totally unexpected special guests. But I want to start off this podcast with a uh, <clears throat> a nice little news story. You know, something lighthearted to start this off. Something that's also nostalgic. It may bring us back to our uh, high school days. Hmm. Tell me, Zach, um, are you familiar with Kingsley area schools? No. Or Kingsley here in Michigan? Nope. Nope, same here. I, I can't recall ever going there or anything. But there's news outside of Kingsley. KHS, Kingsley High School, welcomes new principal. And here he is. Looks like a principal. He does. Let me get to the story. <clears throat> Kingsley schools excites. Okay, you know what? This is... I, okay, I'm, I just ruined it, but... The thing is, about this story, is his name. What is his name? You want to take a guess what his name is? <sighs> Kingsley? No, it's better. All right, here's what he says. What attracted me to Kingsley is its high academic standards. The staff is getting kids ready to compete. I am a firm believer that when you set high standards, kids will come up and reach it. I can't speak enough of that because I believe nothing should be added. There you go. Mm-hmm. Here's the story. Kingsley School is excited to welcome Chris Rapes as oh the new princ- as the new principal of Kingsley High School. Principal Rapes says he's excited to introduce himself to the community. Change your
2: name, dude.
1: No, it's like being
2: named Dick Butts. It gets better.
1: The biggest elf in the room is biggest elf in the room is my last name. Have n't always wanted to be a, be in education. It's not the greatest last name," he said. Here we go. Rapes is pronounced Ray Pess, <laughs> as in R-A-Y-P-E-S-S. P-E-S-S. So, Principal Chris Ray Pess. He's a rape. Principal Ray Pess comes to the district with 11 years of education. He spent the past four years as a high school dean of students and middle school athletic director at Shelby Schools. He's also coached girls basketball and taught high school science and physical education. God. He says he loves the tight-knit feel of the Kingsley community and hopes to foster that feeling through meaningful relationships with families, students, and staff by being enthusiastically available for conversations, big and small. Wow. And here's a picture of him saying, Get to know Principal Chris Rapess. Change your name, man. And there's, oh, and see, uh, here's some facts. Hobbies of, of Principal Chris Rapess snowmobiling, skiing, hiking. It's nice to be able to just slow down and enjoy things. Everything is so fast, says Cri- Principal Ray Pess. Favorite food, breakfast. Education, Grand Valley University. Cornerstone <laughs> University. Fun fact, he played trumpet in high school. Currently, he's working on his private, pro- private pilot's license. As for pets, he's got one horse, one dog, plus a few bears that visit his property. Bears. So, tell me, Zach. Back when you were in high school, did you have a teacher whose name you made fun
2: of? Yeah, Her- Hervé Dartis was my fucking principal's name. Hervé Dartis. Hervé DARTUS. Hervé Dartus. And on his birthday every year, they played um, "Margaritaville." <laughs> so it was his favorite song <laughs> on the on the intercom yeah. in the morning.
1: <laughs> Honestly, I remember a lot of weird teachers, but I can't remember any of them having weird names that we made fun of. Though I can't remember that. So
3: what
2: else? Did I have any other teachers that we made fun of? We had a I had a trigonometry teacher named Ustindi. Um my 7th grade language arts teacher her last name was Tomas. <laughs> we called her Tomas. But like to, as in like massive toes like toe mass. <laughs> <laughs> you have you have lots of toe mass. Um oh, what else what else? I don't I don't think so. I had a uh old franciscan brother like what what do they call it? Monk? Yeah, a monk a monk yeah
1: catholic monk.
2: Yeah, yeah catholic monk t- taught me latin his name was julius redmond and he, he relate to the rapper redmond fucking hated me so much dude like it got to the point where like if i woke up in class like he would he would prefer that i slept through the whole class and if I woke up, he would throw the chalkboard eraser at me and ask who rattled my cage.
1: <laughs> Wait, why, why would he throw it at the person who rattled the
2: cage, though? <laughs> I don't know. It's not your
1: fault for waking up.
2: Right, exactly. I don't know. Or no, it wasn't Julius Redmond. It was Cornelius Redmond. God, it gets yeah. worse. Cornelius was his name. That fucking guy, dude. I didn't learn any Latin. <laughs> like that's for sure. I did not yeah. learn. No, I did not learn any Latin. And then, uh, like we had like big old CRT TVs in the corner of the room, and I went to uh, Radio Shack one day and bought a universal remote and programmed it to so that I could control those TVs. And so, <laughs> you know, that was back in the day of like aerial television broadcast so it wasn't digital it was was a signal that you could get so like any tv you just go to the channels and there was like four or five channels that you could watch and so i would just turn the tv on while he was doing lecture and everybody knew it was me but (laughs) he would never notice that the tv was on and i just turn it on to the news or whatever and we'd watch the news with subtitles on before he before he'd notice and be like who turned that damn television on and like you ever do anything like it's like a graphic horror film or porno. Well, it was. It wasn't cable. Um, it was only like you could get Fox, you know, Fox News, but not when Rupert Mur- Murdoch owned it. It was just Fo- the Fox News Channel, like 21st Century Fox yeah. owned a news broadcaster channel. Like, and I think like CNN was cable channel back then, so it would be like Wood TV Eight, WWMT Channel <laughs> Three, and then um, like. Public broadcasting station, and Fox, and whatever like what like five channels that you like ABC, NBC, Fox, again TNT. The, the good old days. I don't know about that. Information dissemination was pretty fucking broken back then. It was really difficult to find <laughs> truth in anything. So not much better than today. Well, the thing the thing about today is that like you can fact check for yourself most things. And, like, as long as you can discern what a reputable source is and you can, like, look back through things, like, it's a lot easier to get information. Like, if you think about it, you if you heard something on the radio in 1999, you, like, I could look it up on the Internet. But what the Internet was in 1999 is nowhere near what, like, Wikipedia oh. didn't exist. You had... Bulletin board services. You had like the like alt dot woodworking dot <laughs> or whatever. Like and you had mirc chats that were topical, but like you you couldn't just like Google something. Like Google didn't. That was like two thousand three or something. Uh, two thousand two. Yeah, but. You could go to Ask Jeeves. Though. Ask Jeeves or Alta Vista or oh, Web Crawler. Like there was definitely meta search going on in like ninety eight, ninety nine, but like there there wasn't a vast repository of information on the internet for you, and and like there wasn't a lot of like people trolling and shit, but there was just a lot of like factually incorrect uh, depends, rumor stuff.
1: Yeah, it depends on where you went,
2: dude. Tro- what you were, trolling what were... hadn't. I guess it depends on where you went, but like trolling in 1999 would have been like people spamming AOL chat rooms. Yeah. It wasn't the same, as what it is. Well,
1: now. more trolling was back then. Was more like you're on some weird chat board and someone starts posting stuff for, from the anarchist cookbook. Yep. Then you try. That would have been me. And, and you blow yourself up. They're like, "Ha ha! I sh- I got you. You I I put in the wrong ingredients, so you could blow yourself up."
2: Yeah, I don't know about that. We definitely had the Anarchist Cookbook. Oh, come on, who hasn't? Right, but did you have it in a text file on a three and a half inch floppy disk? No, I I
1: did not, but I almost did purchase the copy that was available at Michigan News Agency when I first moved here in 2009.
2: Was that the reprint? Probably. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. behind the counter. It's significant, significantly redacted from what it would have been in the 1970s.
1: I know, but it's all outdated garbage. Half of it didn't work. Anyway. Yeah, it's
2: like put super glue in locks and stuff. Yeah, that, that actually works. Well, of course it does.
1: <laughs> that, that works. Uh, most of the bomb stuff, you probably if you don't fuck it up, it doesn't work.
2: Right, yeah. Well, we tried the match head in a tennis ball thing, and that kind of worked. Um, yeah, uh-huh. we made the the iodine crystal contact explosives those worked <laughs> you've just been demonetized <laughs> demonetized <laughs> definitely had the anarchist cookbook when I was a kid yeah, definitely that, blew up a lot of shit when
1: that, I was a kid that is a lot of stuff that's cool to us but to everyone
2: else it's like what
1: the fuck you would be don't, in don't, a juvenile
2: detention center no, if you did that these well, days
1: very yeah. true but it's more like Phone freaking? I don't give a shit about my this. My
2: God, phone freaking was so much fun. My God, dude, I had a lineman's box that we made, yeah. and we'd go out to the... I, I'm sure that the statute of limitations has expired on this, but <laughs> like we, we, we used to go out to the, the switching box outside the high school, and like we would prank call people from the high school. So like, it wasn't my high school, it was my buddy's high school. And we'd go break into the press box, and there was a phone switchboard in there. So we'd tap into the switchboard, and you'd end up calling. Like, people who had caller ID, it would show up as the high school. We'd call them and be like, is your refrigerator running? Of course. There was this kid that, like. Is is Al there alcoholic? Right. <laughs> there was this kid named Nate that, like, I, there was something about a full, Cheeto. Full, like
1: Full names only, Nate.
2: Right? <laughs> Nate <laughs> Buck, Buck, Bucker, Buckner, Buck something like that. Nate, buck buck, buck wad, something. Buckwad. He, 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 uh, we used to call him Cheeto and it was like, he had like stuck a Cheeto in his ass and fucking in like the locker room freshman <laughs> year or something like that. And so we called him Cheeto. I don't honestly remember why it had, it was something sexual that we called him Cheeto for. And uh, Jesus. fucking, we called his house and his mom answered and we're like, is Cheeto there? And we're like, she's like, who's Cheeto. I'm like, Nate, Cheeto. And she's like, yeah, he's right here. And he called, hi, bottle blah, 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 whatever you'd say. Like, and we're like, haha, Cheeto. And then hung up with the fucking phone. I'm like, stupid ass shit, man. It
1: was one time.
2: There was a bar down the road called Geo's. We used to prank called Geo's, oh, and like oh, order food and oh, never come get oh, it. Oh, like Bar Simpson,
1: obviously, with most Haver. Well, yeah, but we or, weren't. Or those, uh, the guys that inspired the Simpsons gig where they would call up some crank ex- anchors no not crank anchors this was before that like they cut they what inspired the Simpsons was like this these uh, got these guys that would call up this Xboxer named like Tavern red or something. And he would, get, they would do shit like that, and the guy's like, eh, "If I ever find out where you live, I'm gonna kill you."
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is like
1: way before Crank Gang. Yeah. I... Like decades.
2: <sighs> God, what was I
1: about to <laughs> say? phone for?
2: Well, we were talking about phone freaking, and then I just no, went back to well, the nostalgia well, well, again.
1: Let me, let me finish it. Like, <laughs> yeah, phone freaking, and okay, you tried everything. You tried smoking bananas to get high.
2: We like, never did the dried banana smoking thing. Nope.
1: Because that's also bullshit. <laughs> All right. So, uh, well, let me just read some of the comments here on the principal rape pest. Story. Oh, God, Here we go. Let's Because go. I got this from the Minion Death Cult group on my favorite podcasts. All right. And and as their tradition, they read comments. Which now, Death Cult? Minion and Death Cult. <laughs> it's basically a review podcast where instead of like movies or books and that, they review social media as bo- thus Minion Death Cult because Minions Boomers Death Cult hmm. and they read comments so in the tradition of this podcast I love, I will read the comments on this story from the group <clears throat> Bro, change your name if your dad couldn't, you do it <laughs> This guy is doing an incredible job. Anyone with that name who made it through years of teaching without losing his shit is going to be a top-tier educator. It's like boy named Sue for high school teachers. (laughs) Another one said, My secondary head teacher was called Mr. Gooch, and he did not keep his cool. (laughs) Some guy posted a fucking picture from... WWE back when it was WWF called Monday Night Raw, which introduced a wrestler named Ken Raper. Ken Raper, perfect. (laughs) Ken Raper coming down to the ring. It's the rapist, Ken Raper. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh fuck, I went back on screenshot there. Let's see. uh, my favorite one. I'm sure the kids in Mr. Fart Ballsack class will be very mature in <laughs> Fart sad. Will be very mature in understanding. <laughs> Alright. So okay, that's the secondary way to start this podcast. We here at the Garrett Shelkey podcast wish wish Principal Ray Pess. All the best in his endeavors.
2: Yeah, man. Looks like he's beginning a promising career. (laughs) Hope he gets exactly what he wants out of life.
1: Oh, God. No, No, he actually seems like a nice guy, not a sex offender, (laughs) despite the name. He looks young. Looks like he's in his early 20s. Yep.
2: They just keep getting
1: younger, Zach.
2: I know. I just keep getting fucking old. My body's falling apart, man.
1: Oh. Okay, too deep, I was making like a Fast Times at Richmond High. I know personally. what you're doing, but well, I am old or, or no, it wasn't that, was that Days and Days or something? Days and Confused Yeah, Days and yeah. Confused for that one fucking guy like, Matthew McConaughey Yeah, they keep, I keep getting older, they stay the same, same age, age. Like, Gross, dude <laughs> A lot cooler if you did Hey anyway, Zach, uh, how are you? Not attracted to teenage
2: girls, thankfully. Okay, I'm glad we got that clear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm doing alright, man. It's just uh, another summer in the life. Working. Yep, tomorrow's gonna be
1: August, I believe,
2: so. Son of a bitch, yeah. yeah. Got a yeah. doctor's appointment. Oh, you do. On the topic of being old. Yep. Oh, I got something to talk about with the doctor, too, later on. <laughs> but
1: what's yours about?
2: I what do said, you want to talk about? I haven't... I haven't been to a doctor since <clears throat> September two thousand sixteen so okay. so I decided it was probably a good I'm probably going to lose my insurance at the end of the year, so I figured I'd probably get a good doctor in <laughs> just go there and make fun of the guy <laughs> challenge everything all of his diagnoses.
1: <laughs> you know, this is all bullshit you know if i you know I've, I've watched this thing that says if I take these capsules. <laughs> No, it'll make me a more. Ask him if
2: I can just snort ivermectin. No, no, you don't snort it. You shove it up your ass. All the ivermectin suppository. Yeah, that's...
1: You should title it. Hydrochlor- <laughs> hydrochloricline. Hydrochloricline. Trump took that before he got COVID. Mm-hmm.
2: By the way... uh Joe Brandon's got
1: COVID twice. Yeah,
2: dude. He got resurgent co- What's it? Like a resurgent COVID or something yeah. like that? Yeah. we we go, Joe Brandon. Another guy who kind of deserves it
1: due to his shitty COVID response, which is a, a tad bit better than Trump, but still sucks. Yeah. Yeah. His whole thing was basically like, hey, Jack, we got the vaccine. So how about you shut the... Fuck up and go back to school. You know, we gotta keep this economy
2: going so we can supply arms to fight Russians. Yeah, well, it turns out the economy is not really going. Oh, well, we
1: might be going to war with uh,
2: China soon over Taiwan. Yeah, that's what they say. Because, you know, hey, Nancy's Pelosi went. Yeah, thanks, Nancy. <laughs> right, just dipped her dick in the fucking shark pool. Oh, good so, job, bitch. Th- yeah, th- th- <laughs> th-
1: thanks. Uh, good job, America. Yeah. Fuck You're getting what you, we getting what we want. All
2: right they're like we, we've <laughs> always
1: we always wanted to fight Russia. Now we're kind of doing it. Now we might just fight China because we've always been wanting to fight them.
2: We're 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 like the the stunt cock for the Ukrainian Russian entanglement. Like they use all they use our shit. They use our drones, they use our missiles, they use our tech, but we don't go there, because if we did, it'd be like, uh...
1: Nuclear war, probably. Yeah,
2: very likely. But what's crazy is, like, you could, like, throw a rock from Alaska to Russia, so it's like, Uh, we're uh, real close.
1: Yeah, you know, Sarah Palin could see it outside her window, remember? I remember.
2: That was a simpler time, man. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. What was it? I've So, I've been... Uh, I've been watching the YouTube live streams of Martin Shkreli. Oh, uh, God damn. He's still around. <laughs> He's out of prison. Fucking farm and, up rope. Yeah, now all he does is he sits in his apartment and talks about day trading. Like, all day long on live stream. And just, like, plays with his hair. And there's just, like, a bunch of people on live chat with him asking him questions about investing. And, like, I was talking to my buddies in a group chat the other day. And I was like... I, I remember the good old times where the world's most hated person was Martin Shkreli, and it's like now Martin Shkreli is just a fucking, basically a, a stonks po- podcaster. Like, it's just so fucking crazy, God. man. Like, I the see. world has moved on. Like, Julian Assange is still in prison. Yeah, like,
1: yeah, <laughs> he, yeah he's wrong in prison. He's Edward Snowden,
2: fortunate. still
1: in Russia. Yeah. Sur- surprise, he's still alive.
2: There's got to be a reason he's still alive. Or he may be dead, and we're all faking it. Could be. I don't know. He still appears on... Th- he's, like, the CEO of an international web security company. Like, Julian Assange is really the tragedy there, I think.
1: Yeah, and... Yeah, and they'll probably bring him to the U.S., give a fucking kangaroo court. Very likely, he's... Yeah. Probably probably won't execute him, but just throw him in prison, get yeah. basically his shit rocked in this
2: entire time. D- it was just... Just as he said it would be, though, right? Like, yeah. as soon as he was arrested in in the UK, it was, like, immediately talks about extradition were brought. Like, he couldn't go to Sweden because he'd be extradited to the U.S. He couldn't go to, back to Australia because he'd be extradited to the U.S. He couldn't go Basically, anywhere.
1: And, and any Western nation outside yeah. of
2: Russia, he couldn't go. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm sure that there's reasons he couldn't go to Russia. That's what he ended up choosing... What was it? Actually, Costa Rica? No. Yeah,
1: yeah, I don't think he chose Russia. Like, he was going to go, yeah, somewhere like Costa Rica, but then his his uh, visa got canceled. It's like, ah, oh, shit, I'm stuck here. Yeah. And Putin welcomed him with open arms. Oh, you're talking about Snowden. Oh, Snowden, goddammit.
2: Yeah. Assange was in... My bad. Uh, what was the embassy... That he was... Ecuadorian Embassy. Ecuadorian Embassy. That's that,
1: right. That's something when I went to London in 2019, I forgot to go to. I had it on my list of Just places. to
2: see if he could, like, no, see he, him through the window? No, no, he
1: was in prison. Was like, he already...
2: Yeah, but I just wanted to see it anyway. <clears throat> sure. <laughs> God, man. It's so crazy to think that, like, he just published documents, you know? And then, like, the weird Swedish rape allegations that were then taken away, like... He's just wanted by the US government for literally yeah. just yeah. releasing documents. That's, yeah, it's I know. Crazy.
1: I know. How dare this guy release documents and footage of American military just murking civilians. Just war crimes. War, <laughs> war crimes here, and kill, war crimes yeah, there. Yeah, killing civilians, fucking murking journalists. Wiping
2: their taint all over fucking Afghanistan yeah. and Iraq simultaneously for 20 years straight. Yeah. yeah.
1: Dude, yeah. dude fuck. Years ago, when, like, they were in the heat of, like, the drama of him at the Ecuador embassy. They talk
2: about his eccentric life there and all that. Mm. Do you remember when he had... Oh, speaking of Russia, though, do you remember when he had a show on RT?
1: No, I didn't. Oh, my
2: so- God, dude. RT, back in, like, what... Like, this would have been pre-Sandy Hook, Alex Jones days. There was a lot of similar... Hosts, Mar- Max Kaiser, the Bitcoin guy, and his his wife did a economics show about cryptocurrency in like 2013 or something on RT. And then Julian Assange had a show about whistleblowing and like that. Basically, effectively, the actual information war, not Alex Jones's info war, yeah. but like the real one. And, like, he had a show about that that took place inside the Ecuadorian embassy. And, like, I never I, – I forgot about that time in life where, like, a lot of the, like, underground internet-based news was coming from – this was, like, at the beginning, like, Rachel Maddow and um, – When she was good. When she was podcasting. Like, when it was – her very first couple years on MSNBC – she had a she podcasted the shows on iTunes and then like that what was the name what was the name of the not it was not Chris Matthews it was another guy Keith olbern yeah he's the one yeah and, like that would have been the like around the time of the election of obama <clears throat> i think oh 08, oh, eight oh, uh, yeah 08, oh, eight yeah <laughs> like man just such a deal like i lived I lived on Maple Street, and we had a, we pirated the internet connection from the leather shop next door.
3: Nice.
1: And
2: so, like, this was still back in the day when I had, like, pirated Windows XP on my (laughs) shitty fucking Toshiba laptop or whatever, like, (laughs) me and, yeah, me and Kenny back in the day, man, like. When Three Mile Island was going strong, 08, that's like we were playing shows every other weekend in 08. The, uh, Three Mile yeah. Island, the
1: legendary band. I tried to book him. You tried. That lives. was after. So, H- but but then you did not. Then you said no, yeah. which was a good idea on your part because the show I wanted to book you on was fucking atrocious. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, well, I wanted to do it. It was Kenny that couldn't. He, I think he was in Kentucky at that time when you contacted me. Like oh, it was right as we were breaking up like our last show was at the red room like august of 2012 i want to say was probably our last show I see that was 10 years ago fuck <laughs> that was 10 years ago man wow was that one song on the radio once
1: i was 7 years old he oh. told me <laughs> <laughs> Once it was ten years ago, and I broke up with my band, yeah. and we went play gear
2: Shitty Basement Show. <laughs> people still do that in the Vine. Like, there's still house venues.
1: I yeah, I know. I've, I've heard of them, but yeah, it's people I don't know. And I'm 35 now,
3: and mm.
1: one good thing about Grand Rapids, plenty of venues. Yeah. Hell, I went to a free punk show last night at Speciation Cellars. Which is which is like less than five minutes away from me. Nice, nice, f- less than five minute walk, and they're mostly known for doing like metal
2: shows. So this is different. Hmm. Yeah, man. Wow, everything's different. Like even man, like I twenty twelve I did not have an internet capable cell phone. I had I was same. Yeah one one of my computers was running Linux. The other one was running bootleg Windows XP. And, like, we were recording on pirated software and free software. Fucking, like, the, like dude, we had, like, m- clips in our backtracks for the Three Mile Island performances of, like, Muammar Gaddafi and fucking <laughs> Alex Jones and shit. Like, we used to Damn. have Alex Jones talking in our show. This was back when he was cool. It was... Pr- quote unquote cool. cool. He, he was edgy. Like it, it would have been like post his involvement with the loose change documentary guy. And then pre, like I said, pre th- this is when he was chasing around Bilderberg group with a fucking bullhorn yeah, like huh? that. It was and or he was at, um, the G four summit in Toronto there was a couple of them around that time, things that he was taking part in that like it was not lunacy, you know? God. Like he was on uh, something. Y- yeah, it was on something. A di- well, it was a different <laughs> A different level of lunacy and one that had traction and enough meat to bite on, you know? It like
1: was, it was stuff that people could believe in nor how crazy it was you didn't feel guilty about it yeah well that, i mean the, that, that, ben
2: bernanke and and the federal reserve were doing all sorts of fucked up shit oh yeah a- that, after the 2008 oh, yeah. financial crisis oh yeah they totally are but. yeah and then what else was happening like the bilderberg thing was real like it all real. of those guys were meeting up in in secret you know not publishing their notes and it was like actually it was worse than that you you didn't know the contents honestly but you knew they
1: were meeting because they would always publicize it. So yeah. They were kind of like shoving it into your face. Kind of. Just Especially the, at that time. The richest yeah. people in the world, the ones who basically rule everything, are meeting right now. No, right. we're not going to tell you what they're talking about,
2: but they're meeting. Right. And then when you hear Alex screaming about the global elite in 2010, it made a lot of sense. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. You could conveniently ignore stuff about.
2: Reptilians and, Yep like, And David Icke was, was on that show All the time Yeah dude Funny t- Wait really Cause
1: I thought I'm pretty I sure I thought, the, I thought Jones Dated David Icke I'm pretty sure David Icke Was on there Then again well, Alex let, Jones Let me fact check Actually Ash, Alex Jones Kinda has a falling out With everyone he likes mm-hmm. Even uh Who was that Cause the grand day Of all conspiracy theorists I gave you like A bio Bill and, Cooper Yeah He yeah. and Bill Cooper Were cool for like A quick sec But then, you know, they have Falling Out.
3: Yeah,
2: Alex Jones released a 2001 documentary called David Icke, The Lizards and the Jews. Oh, are
1: you serious?
2: (laughs) Yeah, dude, I'm looking on IMDb right now. That's the fucking title? Oh, no, it's uh, (laughs) a... It was a television show called The Secret, a TV miniseries called The Secret Rulers of the World, and there was an episode titled David Icke, the Lizards, and the Jews with no Oxford comma. Jesus Uh, Christ. Alex Jones starring as himself.
1: That's one thing about Alex Jones.
2: (laughs) The only notable quote. Listed on this site is Alex Jones, David Icke is the turd in the punch bowl. (laughs) Uh, You know what's funny is that 20 years later we can say Alex Jones is the turd in the punch bowl. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. But two things about Alex Jones that I know he doesn't, at least he claims he doesn't believe, he's not a rapid anti Semite. He believes in interdimensional pedophiles, but he doesn't like say, like, Jews are controlling the world, they control the banks. He's not, like, doing that. <laughs> and he does not believe the earth is flat. Even he's like, those people are crazy. But, uh, no, but that was back then where it's like, it's conspiracy theories that they're crazy, but you could believe it without guilt. That Al show yeah. went up and
2: said, those dead kids are faking it. And it's like, okay, dude. okay, stop. Like I couldn't turn it off fast enough when that shit happened. Like, I, I literally, I, we've talked about it long before his fucking court cases. Like, yeah. that's when I had to, I I just couldn't turn it on and enjoy yeah. what I was hearing anymore. I'm like, this is yeah. fucking yeah. crazy, yeah. dude. Yeah, uh,
1: it turns out that, uh, yeah, saying dead kids are faking it or they're
2: actors. It's like... The crisis actor mm. thing. Though.
1: Yeah, it's a, yeah. It turns out people are not successful to that. They're kind of a little bit icky believing that. Yeah. Gerald Salente
2: like, It's like that was another. It's like guess.
1: it's like okay, I could believe JFK Jr. faked his death to take on the deep state, but right. yeah, I don't think my neighbor's kid who got blown away by a shooter is faking it. I I don't believe that. No,
2: man. No, <laughs> no. You you can't be fucking with that. Like trying to deny news events like that. Yeah. Like that's the thing. That's the thing about Alex, though, is that like where he came f- from. Not like his personal history, but like false flag attacks did happen often throughout history. Oh yeah, you they totally have. And that's the thing is like that's it's the same thing. Like if you are a hammer all you see is nails like every problem looks like a nail or whatever like i I forget how that idiomatic expression goes but like if if all if the only tool you have is a hammer then everything looks like a nail but like it's sort of the same thing like if you can identify if you're a guy like alex and you're steeped in this sort of like alternate news all day long
1: well a lot of their logic is you know well, the government did this, so surely they did this, which is like right. That that's not a reason. I mean, right. That that could be a reason to investigate, yeah. but that's not like a reason to believe that actually happened. You
2: know, it was it was fascinating that podcast that you were talking about. Um, knowledge, fight. knowledge fight. You, they uh, did a episode going back to his broadcasts from September eleventh, two thousand one. Oh yeah, and it it was. Fucking crazy! How it was like? Yeah, that, planes hit the World Trade Center. Next thing you know, he's got like his buddy in New York, and he's claiming he's a structural engineer, but he wasn't. Like he had had like one engineering class oh, or something. Oh like yeah, that. it was.
1: Yeah, that was insane. Along with the new, the new millennium, New Year's nineteen ninety nine was insane. Mm-hmm. He is claiming that Vladimir Putin was like fucking with our power generators. Mm-hmm. I think. And of course, you know, the January 6th insurrection. Yep. I think one thing they, I think they have a clip where he says, like, Patriots have taken over the government.
2: <laughs> That's not what happened. Yeah. Weird. A bunch of fucking criminals yeah, smash cops in the face with sharpened flagpoles. Yeah, fucking white trash business owners. Yeah, dude. Actually,
1: one of them who's running for governor right now, who lives in Kent County. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to trial right now for that. They yeah. have video of him fucking shit up. It's like, oh, it's just a ploy to keep me from being governor of Michigan. No, man. Ryan Kelly, I think
2: his name I don't is. know his name. Big, I, big I
1: Gretch. I, I don't know. He's some fucking Republican dweeb. And, you know, you no know, spouse the same bullshit that you see all the time. You know, loves Trump, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And that there's video and pictures of him just shit up with a big grin on his face yeah, at the yeah. Capitol. He's like, "Oh, that's not me. That's clearly him."
2: <sighs> the poor GOP. What? Poor GOP. Yeah. D- well, I mean, dude, that's the party of Lincoln. Like, there's there's so many. There was a lot of good Republicans before the modern era. Like that, w- it wasn't awful. <laughs> like, I guess you have to. Your various
1: degrees of awful. Everything's awful. I mean, and going as far back as Abe Lincoln's like, oof. <laughs> you know, it's almost like parties change and sometimes not for the better. Well Yeah. They didn't. Can you imagine <laughs> can you imagine if they put Lincoln in today's
2: world? I don't know, he had a good hat. Yeah, good hat. He's really Excellent tall. facial hair. Hipster facial hair, even. Very fucking tall.
3: Yeah. He
2: kind of yeah, looked he, like Slender Man. Yeah,
1: he wanted to free the slaves, but actually more so he wanted to send black people back to Africa.
2: I guess I missed that part. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah, that was like his plan. He's like, listen, I want to free them, but what if we just send them all back and make America all white? Yeah, not
2: the tone I'm looking for.
1: Yeah, he. I mean.
2: <sighs> yeah. I'm ge- generally I'm, pretty pro immigrant.
1: I mean. <laughs> God damn it. History's complicated. It's fucking figures. Yeah. Why can't any of them be perfect? There's only one perfect person throughout history. No, two. Mr. Rogers and Bob Ross.
2: Yeah, none of them have any skeletons in their closets. Mister Rogers was a good dude. Yeah, you really like you just can't dive down and fight. Like I think the most scandalous thing he ever did was flip off a yeah, camera. I know,
1: <laughs> oh god, there's probably gonna be something down the line. I don't like, think so, like, man. Like, I think like he's hundred percent pure. Like there's gonna be like some ex- court expiration and it'll reveal that he's like a. He really uh, was Mr.
2: McFeely. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: no. Yeah, or like, I don't know, he was actually like a serial killer uh, due to MK Ultra. Training, right, he's the something. he's the Zodiac. <laughs> Fred Rogers was the Zodiac. <laughs> he's the Zodiac. He was uh the he, he went through MK Ultra. He's the, the real Bay Unib- Area Strangler. He's the real <laughs> Unabomber. <laughs> Kaczynski is innocent. Oh, man.
2: He wow. Did, he did nine eleven. Man, weren't, weren't we talking about Insane Clown Posse like an hour ago? Maybe. 40 minutes ago?
1: You know what? There's been a lot of intro, a lot of nonsense. I believe it's time for a commercial break. All right. We'll, we'll be right back. Hi there. My name is Ghislaine Maxwell. And, uh, it's got some good news for all my fans out there. <laughs> uh, stop that, Sully. Uh, good news is that I, Gislaine Maxwell, am now in a regular prison here in Florida. Yes, it's been good, you know, I went through the trial, and it was bullshit, I'm completely innocent. But hey, things have gotten better, because I'm in a regular prison, I can watch TV, I can interact with housemates, my cellmate here can play guitar, it's great. And you know what else I can do now that I'm here in regular prison? I can finally... <laughs> Stop that, Sally. <laughs> I, I, Ghislaine Maxwell, can finally once again listen to the Garrett Schelke podcast. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's been uh, very hard for me not listen to hashtag Powerful GSP while on trial for assisting one of the greatest pedophiles of all time. You know, it would have been better if I could have listened to the Garrett Schalke podcast and hear him listen, fucking interview all the great artists and musicians and podcasters on, on, you know, the various platforms like Anchor and Spotify and iTunes and YouTube. And even better, I can follow them on Twitter again, at Schalke Podcast. (sighs) Yes, thank you, my Sally just keeps on playing such great music. And I'm just waiting now for the next episode of the Garrett Shelkey Podcast to come on. So I'm going to go play in the prison band and might even have some prison sex. This is Jelaine Maxwell signing out, telling you to listen to the Garrett Shelkey Podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Bye-bye. okay we are back what what does that say on your guitar
2: there hello seven hello my name is sven Sven. yeah when i used to go by sven oh god
1: (laughs) was this during your black metal days my punk days yeah that's
2: this this electric bass was purchased in 1997 and i played it in kerplunk and maxim um, and it used to have stickers all over it, but I removed them a couple of years ago. I couldn't break, I couldn't get rid of this one though, because I don't even remember where we were. I think we were, I think we were at a show of some kind, like we ended up putting these name tags on and I started, I, I used to have a CIA hat. And I used to tell people it stood for the Culinary Institute of America, and that I was a Swedish immigrant named Sven, and I was here oh, to study at the CIA. God damn it! People, fucking dude, for a couple of years after that, people would see me in public and be like, "Sven," and I'd be like, "Who the fuck are you?" Uh, well, that was
1: done. Now these days, you wear your FBI shirt, which FBI stands for Full Blooded Italian
2: <laughs> Federal Booty Inspector. That was then, This
1: is now. Full-blooded Italian, because it's cool to make fun of Italians and be racist towards them. I don't
2: you know. Don't like that, racism.
1: Right? Unless this gets mm-hmm. Italians. That's pretty cool. Or yeah. the Irish. Yeah, them too. As someone who's Irish, I blame my Irish heritage for uh,
2: being the fucking drunk loser that I am. I was watching this book review. I think that there was a book called How the Irish Became White. Oh, yeah, I've heard yeah, of that, actually.
1: wild. Man. No, it's very good, actually. Yeah. And it's quite fascinating. I think the long short of it is, is that, uh, yeah, uh, more black people started moving up north due to Jim Crow laws. Mm-hmm. And uh, this pissed off. May the waspy white people, white Protestant Anglo-Saxons. They're like, okay, um, holy shit, all these black people are moving up here. Uh, we don't like that. Uh Oh, hey, Irish people, I know we still hate you, but you're white now, by the way. Hey, would you like to take positions in society that will make you legitimate, like being police? Um, Here you go. Here you go, Officer O'Malley. Now go go bust those heads of those people who want to sit anywhere they want on the bus. Dude, racism's so dumb. (sighs) Yeah. But you know what's not dumb though. Hmm. Well, it's dumb, and well, it's the, almost as bad. As, and- it's almost as bad as racism. Actually, I think it might just be as bad. The state of Indiana, <laughs> Rust Belt. <laughs> yep. And uh, you and I both had our adventures in the Hoosier State this month. Now, you want to talk about that? Sure. Let's talk about Indiana. Uh, you want? Actually here uh, Let's rock, paper, scissors See who has to go first Alright Rock, uh, paper, scissors,
2: throw Okay, let's do that again <laughs> rock, rock, paper, scissors,
1: scissors, <laughs> rock,
2: paper, scissors, throw Rock, paper, scissors, throw Gotcha Wait, do paper I Paper
1: covers rock, bro Okay, I go first son. Okay uh, Wait God damn it Fuck it, I'll go first I, I won
2: and I choose you to go first Okay, fair enough
3: Okay,
1: we both had our adventures in the Hoosier State this month, and I decided to finally, after 20 years, return to Indianapolis. Uh, You see, I originally went to Indianapolis back in 2003, uh, my first year of high school, because uh, I belonged belonged back then to a club called Key Club.
2: Key Club. You ever heard of it? Yeah, you do an entire kilogram of... (laughs) Some type of (laughs) powdered substance once (laughs) a just all get together and do a key.
1: No, no, no. How
2: awesome would that be, though? I mean, no, probably die.
1: Well, you've heard of Kiwanis, though, right? Kiwanis, Kiwanis,
2: I've heard of,
1: yeah. Uh, it's a service organization, and uh, basically, Key Club is the high school equivalent of that. And uh, every year they have a district convention, you know, like the states you're in, then you meet somewhere in the state. Then they have international conventions where people from all over the world would come. So uh, I went to my very first one, 2003, in Indianapolis. And uh, it's quite, quite a big moment for me in my life because, uh, as everyone knows, I love to travel. And uh, this was what really got that bug going for me. Because I traveled before with, like, family for, like, travel hockey and shit like that. But that was, like, with family. Did you play hockey? Yeah, unfortunately. And there was good and bad with it. But this was what really cemented it. Because I'm a teenager. I'm finally going to, like, a big city on my own. Mm. And had adventures, you know. Met a lot of cool people. Saw a lot of cool places and things. Had actual romance. Yes, I, Gareth have experienced love a couple times in my life. <laughs> a couple of times, a couple of days. Yeah, there. and days overall, besides the travel, it actually did make me feel alive. Really alive, in that, like, there was something beyond the life that I had. You know, there's people out there I could meet, there's things I could see, places I could live. You know, Indianapolis.
2: Where I, yeah, in, in and. <laughs> Yeah, I know. What is, it, what is it in Sirens of Titan? He's like the, the only thing that I knew about Indianapolis, Indiana was that the people of Indianapolis, Indiana were the first men to hang uh, hang someone for the murder of a Native American. That sounds about right, Kervogat. But uh, no, it's silly now, uh, and yeah, but really,
1: back then, freshman year of high school, me, it was monumental. So, sure. yeah. So, uh, and so uh, it was my first time going back there in 20 years. Like, it's kind of been a place I like my to go back to list. And I nearly went there once in uh, 2012, I believe. Okay. Uh, meeting some friends at a former info shop here in Zoo called the Peace Center. We passed by Indianapolis on our way down to Georgia to protest the School of Americas.
2: We should talk about the Georgia Guidestones.
1: Uh, we'll get to that. Goddamn, we are not getting off track. <laughs> Basically, Jesus has finally won and destroyed the Satanic Stones.
2: The uh, end. I never got to go. I had two chances to go to the Guidestones, and I, I took them off the list both times, and I regret it. Well, well that's because Jesus guided your hand on office. And, uh, the,
1: according to Mark Dice.
2: So, oh, man, 2012. I think I went to Indianapolis to see Acoustic Hookah in 2012. Acoustic Hookah? Acoustic Hookah. Yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> this is my story, goddamn. I right. know, I know. It might have been 2013.
1: <laughs> okay, so anyway, I nearly visited in 2012 when me and my friends go down to Georgia, mm. protest, and we stopped in like some warehouse on the outskirts and dumpster dived. That was it. Good times in Indiana. A lot yep. of dumpsters. Yep. Actually, <laughs> I did get a good pair of boots from that dumpster that I wore for a little bit. Anyway, so went there this year because just on kind of like a whim. Because it was the 4th July weekend. I was like, where should I go? And I was like, oh, shit, yeah, I should go to Indiana again. Indianapolis again. It's, it's time. It's been, it's, been nearly 10, it's been nearly 20 years. It's time. Here's how my adventure went. My first stop actually wasn't there, uh, because first I was going to go to a place called Terre Haute, Indiana. Mm Terre Haute? Terre Haute, thank you. Terre Haute. I am terrible at pronunciations. (laughs) And I was going there to to visit the grave and the museum of Eugene Debs, who's Mm -hmm. a famous union organizer from there. So it actually wasn't my first stop. I was going that way, that I made a, a pit stop in Gary, Indiana. Uh, Gary. Because uh, I saw a sign that said Michael Jack- Jackson Five Historical House. Yep. Yep. So I took a detour and I vis- have my first stop in Indiana, the fucking Jackson Five House.
2: Man, you went far west to go to Indianapolis, or no? Did you take 65 down south yeah. into India? Okay, that yeah, makes, sense. Yeah, makes I,
1: sense. yeah, I didn't go to Indianapolis. I went to Terre Haute
2: first, and that's w- northwest. Like, uh, where is Terre Haute? It, it's, it's on the, so, west it's, of, a, the it's Illinois a, border.
1: It's to the west of India, of
2: Indianapolis, Indianapolis yeah. It, on the it's, border like, with it's like it's like an hour
1: coast. from Indianapolis. Okay. So I made a pit stop there yeah. first. And yeah, it looked just like, I'm not a fan of Michael Jackson or Jackson 5. In fact, I fucking hate the song ABC. I can't stand that song. Well, Fuck that song. I've heard this so many goddamn times in my life. Yeah. So I went to the house and it's a situation in a neighborhood that is obviously the nicest house there by far. And you know, they have like the corner in his house, dedicated like Jackson Five Way or something. Mm-hmm. There's lots of like flowers and memorials, people leaving stuff there. And his situation and neighborhood that was kind of shitty is one of those places where I was like, huh, I could probably
2: afford to live here. <laughs> Just buy the house next door to the Michael Jackson yeah. family. Do you want to talk about dying U.S. cities? Yes. Gary, exactly. Indiana ought to be on the top five there. <laughs> Absolutely. It, Gary,
1: Indiana sucks. And, uh, it, and people that were there were me and two uh, African-American motorcycle enthusiasts, a.k.a. Uh, bikers, gang members. Mm. Like They had like the patches on them and everything. Two tough motherfuckers, and they were just taking selfies in front of this. Well, And I just took my shitty
2: picture and then left. When, when yeah. we were on our way to New Orleans, we went by Graceland. Oh, uh, yeah. Kind did. of the same thing. Just, like, drove by, looked at it. You're like, yep, that's Graceland. I don't want to pay $40 to get in here or yeah. whatever. Yeah, there was no indication either that there was, like, anyone living in the Jackson 5 house or it do you think the open? family, the the Jackson family trust, just owns that property? I don't. Is Joe Jackson alive th- still? No, he's he's been dead for a couple of years now.
1: His, I think his mom's still alive. She's like in her nineties. Wow. But yeah, I don't think they own it. It's a it's a national monument now, so the state owns it. Hmm. But I don't think anyone lives in it. I don't think like it's open for tours or anything. It's just but, there. Yeah, it's just there. I mean it was still exciting Because As much as I'm not a fan of them I still like recognize the house I know some yeah. I know the mythology behind of it Of course Yeah So that was fun Then finally I'm on my way to Terre Haute Is that how we pronounce it? Terre Haute Terre Haute God damn it Oh it's Indiana Fuck them <laughs> And you know what Here in Michigan For people who don't know uh, We have a little bit of a rivalry With Ohio Because apparently before we became the U.S., we went to war with them, and because our football teams are
2: competitive, well, they traded the fucking they traded the city of Toledo for the entire Upper Peninsula.
1: Really? Yeah. Wow, what a fucking deal!
2: Good job, Ohio.
0: (laughs) But anyway,
1: uh, you know, so so we're supposed to like make fun of of Ohio, you know, bash them. There is a lot to bash about. The state does suck. But then again, it sucks like Michigan and Wisconsin and Illinois. We're the Rust Belt. We suck. But uh, I will say this. I will drive, gladly drive, through Ohio any day of the fucking week than through Indiana for 30 minutes.
2: You know what? 69 South isn't too bad. No, down I, through Fort Wayne.
1: I am not kidding. Oh, I've been that way too far. Mm-hmm. But, uh, God, Indiana is without doubt the most boring roads I've it's ever driven. Up, it's on. fucking
2: terrible. Yeah. Being the crossroads of America is like. Yeah, it, yeah you just want to but, get out of there. It's yeah, crazy.
1: so I'm going down to Terra, and it's a two hour drive from there to get Gary, Indiana. At first, it looks pretty nice. Like, it's luscious cornfields because of summer right mm. now. And despite being Trump country
2: Was what, the corn knee, knee high by the 4th of July? Is that a music reference? No, it's like a farmer's almanac thing Like the, you want If you're going to have a good corn crop It needs to be knee high by the 4th of July God damn it Aren't they the
1: ones that like have always predicted the weather right?
2: Yep That, that uh, publication was originally still, started by Ben Franklin Yep And still going too Anyway, so, I'm going down
1: Terra, and I'm seeing the luscious cornfields, and despite being Trump country, lots of windmills, like a shit ton, it's very impressive, I'm like, oh, this is really nice, alright, lights alright, an hour goes in. Holy shit, where the fuck is everything? It's all fucking cornfields. That's what fucking Nebraska's like, dude. I am so goddamn bored. Our Nebraska is such a fucking shit drive. <laughs> I know, so it took me two hours to get down to Terra. Fucking cornfields the entire time. Yeah. Maybe if you get lucky, you'll pass my gas station. A little alfalfa,
2: a little soybean action, mostly corn. Like, like I
1: had to keep switching music from like, the hardest hip-hop to the hardest punk, in order to stay awake. Besides being tired from waking up early because it was so fucking boring. And I could go on because the whole the whole trip through Indiana was... We bullshit. listened to Lady Gaga the whole way. I As long as it would have kept me awake, I would have done it. But <laughs> driving through Indiana is so fucking boring. I don't know how drivers there don't like... Immediately fall asleep the second their wheel hits the pavement. That's how <laughs> fucking boring it is. Like, okay, honey, I'm about to go get milk. I'll be back. <sighs> oh, 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 God. <laughs> so, two hours of driving through fucking cornfields. the whole time, like, wow, I can see how Mike pendulum lording over this shithole. <laughs> I finally get to Terra. And, uh,. And, yeah, uh, I went first to see the grave of Eugene Debs. Here's the thing, though. Uh, he has a family plot with, like, his family, cousins, brothers, and that. He and his wife are not buried there. Weird. Well, here's why. Uh, I think this was, like, pre-Great Depression. Yeah, guess what? If you were a labor organizer, and he was, like, and he was a major socialist figure... He ran on the socialist ticket for president, he got prison for it, then he ran for president while in prison, like, Mm -hmm. they literally had pictures of him in, like, his prison garb. and said, like, vote for inmate number, blah, 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 it's real, like, it Mm -hmm. looks like something that we would do today as, like, a troll online, but yeah, uh, but back then, if you were, like, a Mm big-time union labor organizer, uh, communist or you were like a hated industrialist like you know who fucked up housing or had police kill people all that sick the Pinkertons yeah unfolds. the Pinkertons can't forget them of course yeah so. guess what uh, you had to be buried in secret or in some other way because people back then would dig up your grave and fuck with your body and that's what they did with Eugene Debs they had to bury him and his wife in secret so, as I learned, away from the family plot because they were afraid that people were going to come and dig up his body.
2: That's really weird.
1: Yeah, and uh, it's there. It's in the cemetery, but I couldn't find his actual grave. I just found his family plot. So maybe next time, if I ever go back to Terra. But then I went to his uh, his historical museum, which is his house based on... A, and it's based on the Unif- University of Indiana property. And it's and it's a nice contrast between, like, university parking and buildings. And there's this house.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It was really cool. Like, they had to... Because it wasn't always his house. And there's even a picture of it. Before it became a museum, it was actually a frat. So, like, there's pictures of, like, his house with, like, fucking frat flags and beer cans on and <laughs> shit. Like, here in Kalamazoo, if you go near a campus, you'll see, like, the frat alley
2: there. Yeah, just... I lived right by there forever, for, like, two and a half years. It's like, I would come home stumbling drunk from parties and, like, have to walk through frat row. Because it's like... There's, like, apartments on the other side of frat row. So, if I went to an apartment on that side, you'd have to, like, walk through frat row to get to my apartment. And there was just... Constant shenanigans back there, dude. Yeah. Constant.
1: I, despite me be despite me living here from two thousand nine to twenty twelve, I only went there once. That was for like a show to see a uh, then rapper who lived here called Matt Black. He now's he now lives in Detroit, goes by a name Peace Mito, I think it's hmm. called. Yeah, he was performing there and he was one of the first people I seen perform. And when I told my dad this, like, yeah, I'm gonna go to a frat and see this rapper, he's like Okay, listen to me right now. If you go there and they tell you leave, you fucking leave. They will beat the shit out of you. you fucking frat boys. Yeah, well, my dad was a frat boy he went to Ferris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a big frat guy. He even has, like, a fucking paddle at home with, like, his alpha whatever. It's such a big contrast to, like, me. You know, this fucking,
2: fucking punk rock freak Guy, we used to have bottle rocket wars with the SIG apps house. Oh, nice, yeah. Uh, when you lived there, were you
1: did you ever feel like you were in danger? Danger, yeah, no,
2: because uh,
1: I have a friend now friend lives in Texas named Adam, punk, small punk rock guy. Yeah, he said he felt like he he lived there momentarily, not a frat, but
2: in the area. Mm.
1: Yeah, he. He actually legitimately felt like his life was in danger. No, I got along with all those guys because I go
2: do bong rips and shit. Like, yeah. one of the, a frat boy gave me his bong bag, I still have it. No, well, you got along a lot better with them than he
1: did. Like, he actually moved out because he thought he was in fear for his life. Wow, that's
2: crazy. Yeah. No, never and, once feared my life when I was in college. Like, well, well, I got Maybe better, from drinking well, too much. Well, I got a
1: better story. I'm, I'm sorry if I butcher it because it's been a long time ago. Uh, our mutual friend and former guest, John Withy, mm-hmm. used to live there. <laughs> he used to live in that area too. And uh, one time he talked about how, like, I don't know, he was annoyed by a party that they were having. So he went over there and pretended he was, like, a homeless dude living in the forest behind one of the houses. <laughs> he's like, hey, guys, you know, I know you're having a fun time, but you're kind of disturbing my sleep. So he partied with them for a little bit until they told him, like, okay, you're annoying us. Get the fuck out. Wow. All no, right. Um, much love to John. Mm-hmm. I hope you're, hope you're doing good, brother. I'm sorry if I, sorry if I completely wrecked that story of yours. <laughs> anyway, so they showed pictures of the former Eugene Debs house and then after I don't know they bought it back they turned it into a historical museum like they refurbished it they put in artifacts from Eugene Debs life it was really awesome so enjoyed that very much then I went to Indianapolis another hour drive through the Hooser state once again I almost fell asleep on the fucking road it's fucking boring. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. Like I said, I went there 20 years ago. And, uh, usually when I go to some place I haven't been to in some time, I kind of have, like, nostalgia flashbacks in a way. Sure. Which is a, because I'm a nostalgic person. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it's good. One of the good things, I say, is kind of having, like, that wave of nostalgia washing over you. And, unfortunately, I got, I was staying downtown. You know i de you know, I dish out seven hundred bucks total stay two nights at a hotel right downtown cause, uh basically when I was at when I went there for key club i uh sit, i stayed there with you know, the group of michiganders and it was in a downtown hotel and and I remember it being connected to like the mall down there and the convention center because we were all like walking between them mm mm-hmm. Dude, things have changed so much in 20 years that yeah. I I mean no shit, right? But yeah. It's
2: hard. when The, the change is always so gradual. It's, it's only when it's punctuated by stuff like that where it's like you saw one place 20 years ago and then you go back and you're like, oh my God, this yeah. may as well be f- flying fucking yeah. cars, dude. Yeah, my,
1: yeah, that's true with, true with Indianapolis. I went there and I could not recognize anything really outside of the mall. Like, I'm like, God, was I here? This is so different from what I remember barely.
2: Indianapolis reminds me of Des Moines, Iowa, with people in it.
1: So like everything's
2: I, clean. Yeah, that's what,
1: what the, that's what did impress me about Indianapolis is very is clean. A lot cleaner than around here in Grand Rapids. And uh I would say it's Grand Rapids size. I would have to look up the statistics, but for a big city it might even be bigger than Grand Rapids, it, honestly. It probably is. But uh but but one thing, but it really impressed me about how clean it relatively clean it was. Uh how progressive it looked, especially with like bike lanes and that. Green. Which spaces. I which I yeah, which I did not expect out of anywhere in Indiana. And also because uh they have the downtown, then they have their neighborhoods.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: The hip neighborhoods. They're all pretty close to each other. It's not like you have to drive 20 minutes out to like go to this one neighborhood. That's cool. No, it's like right next to downtown. So I could so I was able to pretty much walk everywhere. Yeah, so uh so overall I so yeah, I spent, spent some time going around. You know, checked out some nightclubs and bars. My favorite, my favorite bar was a place called Chatterbox because it's a jazz club. Cool. They have jazz every night, and yeah, it kind of remi- it remind me pretty much exactly like that one jazz club we went to in New Orleans that I showed you, that I, that I like. Except for it's more like a dive bar and grimier. And it smelled like chlorine, like pool chlorine. Weird. Yeah, I know. Great bar. But I'm like, and, oh, and their drinks were a little bit expensive, like five bucks or something, five or six bucks for like a Miller High Life. I'm like, wow, that that's a lot to spend for a place that smells like a fucking pool. <laughs> <laughs> so, I did, so I did that, and uh, I went to the zoo, which was very nice. But I will say this about the zoo there. But God, I have never seen so many people before use flash photography or smash the windows. You know how they say like don't use flash, scares the animals, or like don't pound on glass. Nope, people were doing that, including fucking adults. Like I, like we're in front of like an orangutan exhibit or something. I I, I shit you not. They're, they were they showed like these two of them, they're just laying around. And kids like, oh, look at them! Dad, dad was like, they're not doing anything. That he like smacks the fucking plate glass window. Wow! And, this, co- and, and this caused and this causes them to just look over, and then they got up and move. Like, where are they going? So, and of course, flash photography. All these people just. Surprisingly, the owls did not freak out, so I'm guessing they're used to all these shitheads. Very sad. But I did have a. I did have a. uh, I forget what type of bird it is, but I did have a bird, like, lick my arm. That was pretty fun.
2: Birds have tongues for licking?
1: Yeah, like, I was kind of like putting my arm out because you could on this one, or, like, they could, like, then land on you and that. Hmm. I did, it, and this bird's like look at it, and then it just goes head sideways, starts licking my arm. Probably because, like, the, the salt sweat, lake, and, sp- yeah. sweat and the salt. I got off a lot better than, like, the little girl next to me, because she did that, but, like, these two birds, like, immediately just bit her fucking arm. <laughs> you know, they looked at it, then. Ah. Wow. Yep, and, uh. Okay, so then I also visited the mall. The Center Mall right downtown, it's still there, they still got shops, still active. And uh, I did recognize this place because, like I said, the hotel I, I stayed at in 2003 was connected to the ho- to this mall mm-hmm. and also connected to the convention center. So, like, we we're constantly walking all between them, even during off hours. So, I recognized like the food court, and unfortunately, like. The music store that that I went there to, long gone. I do remember, though, when I went there, I bought about three things. I bought the two-set Dragon Balls of the King Piccolo saga. I bought uh, the Loop in the Third movie, Castle of one of my all-time favorite anime films. And I bought Stag X's Wisconsin Death Trip album. Wow. (laughs) To bring it back to the original discussion... So, yeah, I bought that there. That's long
2: gone. Rip Wayne Static. Yep. R.I.P. Tony Campos went on to play for a fuckload of bands. He's in Ministry. Oh,
1: really? Yeah. Dude, yeah, you know the guy from Ministry runs like an industrial music museum
2: in Chicago? Yeah. Or yeah. Not, it's not Al Jorgensen, it's Paul Barker. I think.
1: Yeah, I try to look it up, but right now it's like private bi- visits only. I guess he doesn't
2: have enough money to, like, get off the ground for, like, an actual museum. So, yeah. I'm like, like, wait, aren't you... Like, Wax tracks records shut down in, like, 2003 or something like that. Which
1: confuses me, because... Actually, I'm not that much into ministry, despite being an industrial fan.
2: I'm like, don't you have the money for that? Like, really? Well, like, Al Jorgensen moved to Texas many years ago. Oh, well, this guy's still in Chicago. Yeah, I th- that's why I think it's Paul Barker. Yeah. So, so anyway. now wait, Paul. Yeah. Paul Raven was the guy that died. Paul Barker is the one that left after I think the animosity Somnia, maybe, or maybe the dark side of the spoon. I think, yeah, I think 99 is when he left.
1: All right. So uh, to continue. But what really got me when I was visiting this mall, there is one thing that stays that stayed there as still active. They have a fucking giant arcade Wow. There. An arcade there, not like just like with game, not just like your usual arcade games, but like a big complex thing with like, you know...
2: Laser tag. Laser tag and all that shit. Wow.
1: It was still there, and it was still the same name. Wow. It blew my fucking mind. That's
2: crazy. And man. I
1: walked through it, and that's when like the nostalgia like washed over me, because I remember going through this place... And this was when like Dance Dance Revolution was all the craze, so oh God. There was like one Dance Dance Revolution machine there still. But some of the shit some of the shit has obviously changed. But overall it like it looked the same. Unfortunately though, the music was vastly different because at the time when I visited this God Which by the way, the stupidest things that burn your mind, by the way. I remember when I was in this arcade, like Watching and playing stuff like Dance Dance Revolution. And you know what, what song I was jamming out to at the time because it was on the radio. Hmm. Big Yellow Taxi by Counting
2: Crows. Wow.
1: That was like the big hit at that time.
2: Wow. What a what a weird deep cut for the Counting Crows.
1: <laughs> it's actually actually I like that's the reason why I like the Counting Crows. That's what got me into them.
2: Long December. I liked that song a lot. A long December.
0: Long December.
2: There's a there's reason, reason to believe Yeah.
0: Maybe this year will be better than the, the last. last.
2: Good impression.
0: <laughs> Days go by.
2: Dude, there's a Holy shit, you're growing dreadlocks. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a video out of the I don't remember that guy's name, but of him doing like a solo piano version of that song. Fuck, man. What a good good well-written tune. Yeah, real good. Real banger. Yeah, Counting Crows, underrated.
1: Yeah, so uh so yeah, I have my big nostalgia wave at this arcade. That I'm, I'm shocked it's still around. So that was cool. And I did try to actually go with,
0: like I said,
1: a trillion times now. The these This place is connected to like different hotels right downtown. Mm -hmm. And they still were connected. So I was trying to like enter some of them so I could like see if I could recognize the hotel from the inside. Because I can't remember the hotel name, but I'm pretty sure that if I went into it, I could remember it by the landscape. (laughs) Uh, Well, turns out 20 years later, they got security measures that you just can't walk into it. What
2: a shame. It's not a free world anymore, man. Yeah.
1: Why can't we be like 2003? Only two years after 9/11, we're still kind of free. 2000. I went to Egypt in 2004.
2: Wow. Yeah. I, I, I was in high school eating shit. <laughs> I was in Egypt smoking hash. Wow. What well, a fucking day. Wow. Well, man, what a life. Crazy. Yeah. So I don't have a life like that anymore. Yeah. So
1: anyway. I haven't completely given up yet, because uh, I guess next time I go to Indianapolis, because Indianapolis is nice, but it's one of those places where it's like, not Chicago where like you want to go to all the time, it's like, this is like a good once a weekend a year trip.
2: Yeah, or every other year or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I don't know, every once in a while I'll go to a show down in Indianapolis, like if yeah, I can't make yeah, the Detroit yeah, or Yeah, Chicago,
1: that too, if there's like a show or a weekend a year for a nice visit.
2: Yeah, I but, go down to Sweetwater in Fort Wayne, but that's only halfway to Indianapolis. Yeah,
1: so uh, so yeah, I haven't gotten up yet. i am finding out where I stayed at because I forgot that I did not look to my photo album at home where I probably have photos of my time there. And I, I figured if all else fails, I'll just contact Key Club International and just ask them, like... Hey, I'm doing some archiving and blah, blah, blah. Do you know where the international convention was held at in 2003? So, anyway, uh, yeah, so that was the mall. And uh, the second reason why I came here this is the one you're going to like. I went to the Kurt Vonnegut Museum.
2: How was that? Just a bunch of illustrations? Sharpie illustrations?
1: No, it's um actually very. It's actually very different from, like, a regular museum. Okay. Because unlike other museums dedicated to people like the Hemingway Museum, it doesn't go through, like, Kurt Vonnegut's life from, like, the beginning and then to the very end. Okay. It's mostly, like, three levels, and they're all dedicated to, like, certain things. Like, and it's also, like, a workshop. So, like, people can, like, school groups and artistic groups can meet and do stuff. Hmm. And they have, like, artifacts, like uh, They have, like, documents Related to, like, Kurt Vonkett's Struggles with censorship mm-hmm. Or, like, his speeches to Colleges Yeah, News clips They have, like, a little side room dedicated to his love of jazz They, uh Have, like, a rec- Recreation
2: of, like, his desk That's cool which is, cool. So which is just palm Mall butts everywhere
1: There was a palm Mall pack there, but Man, he 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 worked on a very small desk. Like it was like a chair that was like right on the floor and like a table that was like nearly on the floor. Hmm. Like you ever see like in Japan, like in anime and that they have like tables that are just on the floor. Yeah. You know, like you kneel there. Yeah. Or like they have like a blanket and it's over it. It kinda looked like that.
2: I actually I I used to work seated like that. Like I have a table that I cut the legs in half, so it'd be like two feet off the ground. You sit on a cushion because I sit cross-legged a lot. Most comfortable yeah. that way. Yeah,
1: actually, I have some uh, crisscross pictures. Some as well. I have some pictures from it, and actually, yeah, here's here's the recreation of his desk. Wow. Yeah, that's. Good. And they did have like his actual one of his few printers that he used. That's, that's just a recreation mm-hmm. To have a printer on another one a typewriter Yep And here's Yep yeah. Wait what did I say Keyboard? You said a printer God damn it Fuck I hate it when like I get so deep Into a subject That I like Say the wrong words Wow it's crazy Man
2: It's crazy to think He, he wrote hunched oh, over Like that
1: yeah. Oh wait Here's the actual
2: typewriter Look at that Fucking thing Along with one of his glasses Wow can you imagine writing up a manuscript on that goddamn thing?
1: Yeah, or any typewriter, like Ugh. like I have a f- I know a few people, i.e. like hipster poet types, who did have that. One of them, uh had a big falling out and had like a baby blue typewriter different than this one that you would type shit on.
2: I had a typewriter, like I had to like in middle of school I had to oh, say submit Written. Oh
1: same! Oh same! Oh same so. here! Same here! I had a typewriter, but not because I had to, but because I thought it'd be cool to try it. Dude, I don't get how these writers could do it. Like I make so many mistakes and shit. Like yeah. I could imagine like having to like go back and retype everything again and That's again. What whiteout is
2: for yeah. You white it out and then bring it back down. Then the rest of your row is slightly out of. Yeah. Oh wait.
1: A different subject, back to the zoo. Here was the bird that was licking my arm. That bird's a licker. Yeah, and the other two birds that were just like that with those big beaks just were just fucking up that girl's arm that was hmm. right next to
2: me. Man, that bird's colorful.
1: Yep. Anyway, back to the Curvaga Museum. So there was the first floor that was dedicated to that and some workshop stuff. Second floor was had random stuff. Then another place where people could meet. Then the third floor solely dedicated to Slaughterhouse Five. Oh. And his time, you know, in Dresden.
2: Interesting.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It went through, like, the entire time, the entire
2: timeline of how it happened, how it affected yeah, him. He was, like, because he was in the Slaughterhouse like, yeah, Cooler, yeah, right? Yeah. That's where they were being Yeah, he
1: survived.
2: Him. Yeah. Yeah. And Crazy.
1: talk about how it fucked him up in that. Yeah. You don't say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh. Actually, I guess my favorite part was they had a gift shop, and uh, they had fake Kilgore Trout posters.
2: I love it. Yeah, like, if
1: anyone who don't know, Kilgore Trout was like Kurt Vonnegut's fictional version of himself. Yeah. Kinda of like how Nick Owens was fictional or as Hemingway.
2: Did you ever see the nineties movie with Bruce Willis based on Breakfast of Champions? No, I have. The guy I don't remember what actor I plays Kilgore s- trout, but it's great. No. Like he's gotta go into the porno shops to find oh. all of his oh, fucking sh- published work. Oh, it shit. is great.
1: Oh yeah. Great. Uh, yeah, and that's yeah, Breakfast of Champions and God bless you, Mr. World's
2: I think water. Nick Nolte is is um the uh, is what was the guy's name? LaSalle? Henry that, LaSalle. Yeah. Is the the salesman that works at at the guy's car dealership in Midland Midland yeah. City? Yeah, dude, that movie is fucking. Yeah. I got I gotta
1: see it. I saw House Five, and that's a great version. <laughs> I haven't
2: me. seen a, a it's theatrical very, version. it's very
1: good. Kerbogean
2: liked it. He thought I liked it like fit perfectly. Dude, I want to say like Terry Gilliam Directed this movie It's yeah. fucking bonkers dude It's yeah. very strange
1: But anyway uh, Killer Trout is basically Kurvaga surrogate And he's basically a failed sci-fi writer Who like His works are published in like Porno magazines And they have great descriptions uh, and, and he's always And Killer Trout's Always like Saddened about this Oh, nice, yeah. nice. But uh, he's always sad by this because he wants to be taken seriously. But then, like his story will like have pictures of naked women spreading their, themselves like right next to his serious work that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> you know, and uh, they have like fake movie posters they made up of his novels, and they are hilarious. And this is my particular favorite one. It's called. Now the story can be told by Kilgore Trouts. Mm-hmm. That's fucking cool, man. And, and the text reads, You are God's own lab rat. Human beings are machines. Eating machines. Crying machines. Fucking machines. Killing machines. Man is alone in the universe. Dot, dot, dot. With topless teens. <laughs> and it shows like a Kilgore, char- a Kilgore Trout character... In front of uh, teenagers in like Catholic schoolgirl uniforms,
2: mm-hmm. wide open beavers yep. inside. Yep, that's yep. right. The, oh, yep, the God. very the, the best books.
1: Yep, the very best one. At the very bottom says "wide open beavers inside with actual cartoon beavers." <laughs> actual cartoon beavers.
2: My dad. Oh God,
1: I did not buy that, but I bought some Magnus and stickers for myself and Zach. I got you something. No shit. Yep. Since I know how much you love Kurt Vonnegut. I do. So I got you a gift while I was there. No shit! Look at that! It's a little Kurt it's, Vonnegut puppet. Yeah, it's a finger puppet, and it's a magnet. The magnet's in the head, so.
2: That's you can... awesome, dude! Thank you. That's fucking cool as shit, with the hair and everything. So it goes. Yeah, so it goes. <laughs> Man, that's fucking cool as hell. Yeah, so, uh, Zach
1: and everyone listening, if you're ever in Indianapolis, highly suggest you check out the Kurt Vonnegut Museum. Very interesting. If you're a fan of Kurt Vonnegut, they do a lot of good work, and, uh, yeah, they're awesome. Check them out.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll have to go down there sometime make a make a little pilgrimage. <clears throat> man, those books like I want to say, I read oh, oh, I read true. Cat's Cradle on the Flight home from Egypt. That mm-hmm. was my first exposure to Kurt Vonnegut was on yeah. the flight home from Egypt. I had bought it like I had gone into the bookstore and it was like summer must reads, and I just picked up like three or four of them God,
1: what else well, I, of course, I being the Normie that I am, I of course got into him in mean, high school with *Slaughterhouse five okay and Read as much stuff as I could because uh, Kerbaga, kind of like Charles Bukowski later, shortly later on, was, like, one of those authors who, like, I was so hooked on their work, I could just flow through their books like they were nothing. It yeah, was Like, like it, it was during a time in my youth where it was,
2: like, I could go through a book, and it's like, wow, I'm done already? I know. Dude, I remember reading fucking big, like, uh, Rich, Richard Wright the yeah, Native yep, Son. Yep, I Sun. probably read Native Son in like three fucking days, dude. Like I remember driving to school with Native Son like on my oh. on my driving my steering wheel. Oh, like, that's like, very reading that's while what, I was driving. That's dangerous. Like, like, I could not get enough of that fucking book. It was so good. Yeah,
1: but, yeah. Kurvag is one of those. Along with Bukowski, is one of those guys. That I just. Could breeze
2: through. Yeah, uh, I mean they're short reads anyway. Like even I, when you I have guess so. the audiobooks are only like four hours long.
1: I guess so, but they were just so interesting. The prose
2: okay, so good. Good. It was so it was very digestible too. Like you always you always put down a Vonnegut book, and it's like the first thing I wanted to do was pick it back up and read it over again because I just knew I was missing shit. Like I probably read *Cat's Cradle* like fifteen times. Like I just kept like on the road. Back then, too, I, pro- I mean, I've read On the Road, like, twice a year for 20 years, probably. Yeah,
1: my, my two favorite Vonnegut. they're still... They're I know equal. that's not they're, the Vonnegut book, but... Yeah, they're equal time. to me, yeah. They're equal to me, our Breakfast Champions and God bless you, Mr. Yeah, I
2: mean those ones are really good. Like dude. I
1: can't decide which one I like better, so they're pretty Yeah, equal. that's fair. I, my
2: my favorite is is probably Sirens of Titan now. I've yeah. I've listened to the audiobook version of that probably twenty or thirty times. It's very yeah. fucking good. Right. But Breakfast of Champions probably is what I would have said my favorite was before I got into Sirens of Titan. Yeah. Those were like the two funny books for me, like you no, know, like Slar House 5
1: had humorous moments in that, but those are the two that were like, you know, I was like, holy shit, this is hilarious.
2: Yeah, well, I mean I I liked the little bit of like Salo the the Tralfamadorian yeah. is like sort of like it, it's interesting that Tralfamador even comes up again so often in, in those books, right? But like instead of it being like the guy Is in a zoo on Tralfamador, right? Like, it's the Tralfamadorian gets stuck on a moon of Saturn. (laughs) He's like, the entirety of the human race is just to get, is to deliver him apart so that he can go deliver a message that is just a dot. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what a fucking story, man.
1: Yeah. Oh, here's some more stuff from pictures
2: from the museum. There's out front. Yeah, that famous... Kervaga Museum and Library. Yeah, the famous sketch of himself. Yep. That's on the cover of the, the last book that he released.
1: Yep. Uh, yeah, when he was alive, I think. Yeah. Man without Country. Yeah, yeah.
2: I yep. think it was like a month before he died yep. that he released that one Yeah.
1: yeah. Then his famous quote, Practicing an art, no matter how well or badly, is a way to make your soul grow. Seems like a Vonnegut quote. Yep. Uh Actually, that's something like we used to talk about his early years, how like his housemaid would like read him stuff from this book. So I gotta try and look up it. It's like a collection of like fair stories, like back then, where it's like the the hero saved the maiden for something. Mm, okay, huh. like real quaint story. Sure. Oh, and <clears throat> this is from the slaughterhouse House Five exhibit. Mm-hmm his, uh, purple heart. Wow. Yep. And, uh, yeah, those are the pictures from that. So yeah, uh, that was my, uh, Indianapolis adventure. Two nights there. I had a lot of fun. Highly suggest Indianapolis. You're the only good part of Indiana.
2: (laughs) That and Sweetwater.
1: (laughs) All right. And, uh, after that, uh after that I made two more pit stops on my way back to Michigan. First, I stopped in uh All right, I am
3: Dude,
1: Keep playing that please so I can look this up. Jam. <laughs> Dean. Okay, next I went to uh Fairmount, Indiana to visit the grave and museum of James Dean. Okay, yep. Yep, so uh, I went there and uh, first of all it was hard as shit to get into Fairmount because uh, the way you would go, they just decided to completely destroy the overpass for it. So I had to take like a half hour to like go around and wow, the country roads of Indiana. It's like in construction. You know, John Denver, he sang about country roads. He don't <laughs> Not got, in Indiana. He don't got fucking shit on me when it comes to country road driving I will say this about the country roads of Indiana around Fairmount you know I I, I always thought Michigan had a lot of Confederate flags <laughs> I have never seen as many as I did throughout this area like holy shit so many and there's one dude he had a big sign in front of his yard Like it covered the entirety of his front yard you could see his house and driveway but the rest of the yard couldn't see it big black sign, white lettering that just said leave america alone, Brandon. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> and finally, I made the fucking fairmount and lots of cornfields and all that. And I went first to uh the first went to the graveyard where James Dean is buried. And you can see this is the sign that they made up for him. Like they actually I'm not, I kid you not, there's this, and a, and a sign says James Dean with, like, a fucking arrow pointed at it. <laughs> yep. And there's this humble little grave. James Dean, considered one of the greatest actors of all time. This nice, humble grave in Fairmount, Indiana. Wow. And you can't see it, but yeah, a lot of love there. Coins, flowers, cigarettes. Some people even left, like, lipstick marks on it. Then I went to his, uh, museum. Which, nice little place. And kind of like the Kurt Vagen Museum, like, it wasn't comprehensive. But it had, like, a lot of artifacts and whatnot. And, strangely enough, they had, like, a room dedicated to, like, 40s, 50s, and 60s culture. Hmm. And, uh, and it turns out there's another historical figure from Fairmount, Indiana, that gets a lot of attention. Uh... Tell me, Zach, have you ever heard of a creation called Garfield? I have. Because the creator, Jim Davis, is from Fairmount. What a piece of trivia. (laughs) Yeah, and guess what? He does not have a uh, museum dedicated to him, which is a complete lost opportunity in my view. It's like, holy
2: shit, how have you not got a Garfield museum around here if it's from here? Right? I mean, even just the the sort of the ubiquity of Garfield merchandise in the mid 1990s. I think people are just unwilling to talk about like it's, that was one of the things that I noticed in Egypt, not Garfield, but like (laughs) there there was, there was Simpsons t-shirts everywhere. And so I'm like in the Cairo airport and in the gift shop in the Cairo airport is like Simpsons t-shirts. And like, I remember that shit blew my mind. Official or like bootleg. Official. Like oh, okay. it's just like and like I get out of the I get out of the airport and it's like Subway, KFC, McDonald's. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, dude. But anyway, like the those like the Garfield plushies with the um the suction cups on the feet that yep, everybody had, had on their back window. Yeah, I've had that <laughs> <Yeah>. too. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Yeah. So
1: uh Yeah, Fairmount has James Dean, Jim Davis, and one other person. And they don't have a museum dedicated to Jim Davis, but they have, like, a shit ton of, like, Garfield statues around the area of him, like, dressed up as a chef or a fireman. They have a map that you can then go up and take selfies with these fucking things. (laughs) Like, yeah, I'm not that big of a Garfield fan. I think I'll skip that. Right. You know. Fuck Garfield, Heathcliff for life.
2: (laughs) Heathcliff for life.
1: But, uh, oh, they also, according to the guy who runs the museum, James Dean's cousin, who he grew up with, still lives out on the farm where James Dean and him grew up, (laughs) which is, like, right past the cemetery. According to him, you could just go up to there and visit. Like, you don't have to knock on the door. You just walk around the property, see where James Dean grew up, which I'm like, (sighs) No, I don't think I'm going to do that. I'm not like, going to go walk around some random Indiana farm and have like some
2: 89-year-old uh-huh. guy get mad at me. Yeah, it seems like a good way to get, get some fucking bird shot in your butt crack, yeah. Yeah. And then, before I left Fairmount,
1: I went to, try, went to visit the James Dean Park, which is right in the downtown, mm. right next to a gas station. And it's a little place, and here's his bust. Uh two nice bust size. Yep. Actually that's the newer bust. I guess there was an original one, but it got stolen. Hmm. So they had to replace it. Here's two things about downtown Fairmont. Uh very small, like and it literally looks like some kind of like God, who was that artist who did like Nighthawks at the Diner?
2: Mm. A lot of Americana stuff. Mm. You know who I'm talking mm-hmm. about, right? I don't. Know. I'm ashamed of myself for not knowing the the painter. I, I forget.
1: I forget the name, but it looks like that this this downtown and uh, well, to be more darkly Edward Hopper. Yeah, it looked like an Edward Hopper painting. It was eerie, actually, because I'm looking at it. I'm like, to be darkly humorous here. I'm like wow, this looks like a place that uh, if I wasn't white, I would have to get out before sundown. <laughs> really, it probably is. And uh, it's further enforced by the plaque that I read at the James Dean Memorial Park, where it said, like, even though he played a rebel on in the movies, James Dean was a hometown boy at heart. I'm like... No, he fucking wasn't. Have you read anything about James Dean or his life, his beliefs, his interests? Like he left Fairmount because he knew it's a shithole that would never accept him. He'd never get anywhere.
3: Mm-hmm. Like he visited,
1: it, but he never like came back. You know, he he's cr- crazy, wild, young, hot, sexy actor. Did a lot of drugs. Did a lot of artistic stuff. Oh, fun fact. Uh, you know him and Marlon Brando met. Mm-mm. Yeah, you know the guy guys who like defined the generation there with like Rebel Without Cause and The Wild One. They Mm-mm. met. You know how they met? Mm-mm. They had sex. Interesting. Yeah, they were both bisexual, and Marlon Brando was the more notorious bisexual. Hmm. He also slept with Richard Pryor, by the way. Hmm. Yeah. So pre-crack. Yeah, pre-crack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um. So when I read stuff, I like. James Dean was a homeboy at heart. I'm like, no, he fucking wasn't. Indiana girls on an Indiana night. God damn it. That's why he slept with Brando. So yeah, so yeah, so yeah, I went to James. So yeah, I went to James Dean hometown. Got out there before sunset. Mm. So then I traveled to uh, Fort Wayne and stopped at. Half price books, which is why I do once a year just to sell shit. Then came back to Michigan, so there we go, my great Indiana adventure Fourth of July weekend,
2: twenty twenty two.
1: Yep, love Indianapolis. Go visit again. Hopefully, I will not fall the fuck to sleep when I drive four hours to get down there. Yeah. Well, that was my Indiana adventure, Zach. How was your Indiana adventure this month?
2: I laid a bunch of tile. In a flip house. Okay,
1: so begin began, like, <laughs> what, what exactly were you doing and how did it happen?
2: I'm working for a construction company, and um, I've been enjoying laying tile lately. Mm-hmm. And they need a person to lay tile and do drywall in this flip house. So we went down there. Like, the roof is only partially done, so it, there was a thunderstorm on Sunday, that, like, water was pouring through the room that we just wired for electric. Like, thankfully, we had wired in GFCIs, so we (laughs) just kind of killed the breaker for that room and hoped for the best. Hmm. But, yeah, it's kind of like a money pit house storyline there. Is
1: this one of those, like, we'll we'll buy your house? Yes. Like, you
2: flip the house. Yeah, yeah, the house was purchased in very poor repair like all the windows in the basement are broken um like there's just a fuckload of damage to the thing so he had so to, it
1: was a rust belt hole yeah
2: yeah yeah ripped out ripped out a bunch of floorboards ripped out a bunch of walls re- like made one big bathroom into two small bathrooms then we tiled the floors tiled the tub enclosures um so
1: is this like a new feature for Elmba Media Elm Blad- Medium no. like you offer editing and photography and now house flipping I'm just
2: I'm a, I'm a skilled person and people ask me for help on their projects so if that's a a writer that asks me for help with their projects or an artist that asks me for help with their projects or a musician or 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 a grifter, a, a, a grifter, or a real <laughs> estate agent, whoever. Like, and it's funny that I I choose real estate agent and grifter right <laughs> after each other. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I as if they're
1: not the same.
2: I, I mean, mortgage companies, old folks' homes. I work for all sorts of people, dude. Like, if I just like listed the people that I worked for in just the last year, I'd probably be fairly shocked.
1: We we will make that a podcast.
2: <laughs> I don't even know if I could, man. This. There's so many different, like, weird things that I've been involved with. Like, I, sh- I shot the, the opening pop-up for a clothing line in April. Like, just random stuff yeah. comes up, dude. You never know. Private party with Talib Kweli. <laughs> random wow, shit.
1: Wow, one wow, wow. thing. Going from Hey <laughs> out with Talib Kweli to bussing down a wall in Indiana. Right? Like, Wait, the other where, day where, I... Where, where were you in Indiana?
2: Anderson, Anderson, Indiana. It's northeast so, suburb of Indianapolis. So uh, what's that like? It's just a it's a working class town, man. It's mainly um, a Latin population now. So it's mainly like there's a lot of taco places and like um, uh, tortillerias, like Mexican supply store, mm-hmm. like Mexican stores, and like. Then it's working class as well, like a factory town, just kind of blue collar all the way. White, there's two white castles, two waffle houses, a Walmart. You know, Dude, I almost stopped at a waffle house on my way. Back. I can't believe you didn't. I know, I did not. I'd see those yellow signs, and I, I, I have to stop.
1: I know it's one of those things. Like, damn it, I'm not gonna have enough time.
2: We went to a Golden Corral. Oh god! And damn like it. while we were there, it was a Tuesday night this this past Tuesday. And we were at Golden Corral, kind of on a lark. And then, dude, fucking, all of a sudden I look up and the entire lobby is filled with Amish. And there, it was like three busloads of Amish came in. Ugh. And they opened up the banquet room in the back corner. Like okay. they had their own little sequestered Amish area. And it was like, fuck, I got to get up to the fucking thing before all the baked beans are gone, dude. <laughs> like, Wait, hold on a second.
1: Oh my God, Zach, the train's about to crash into <laughs> and this And we I'm saying this because this happens all the time yeah. here in Kalamazoo. Yep, a lot of, tr- yep. God, for real. That derailments. Happened, yeah, that happened like twice.
2: Past it did, twice in the last five years for sure. There was a major yeah. freight derailment God. that shut down Fre- the east side of trains Kalamazoo. Trains
1: love to fucking crash in Kalamazoo.
2: They do. Well, it's a lot of weird hairpin turns that they got to take going out to the switching yard there's like a viaduct that goes over um m43 we gotta make time slow down fuck that right (laughs) no dude fuck that gotta go slow fuck slowing down go slow through the zoo there's one amtrak driver that comes through this is the amtrak line because the train station's right next door to my office building but um there's one amtrak driver who comes in late at night and he lays on that fucking horn until he is out of town like he'll start the horn at the station and not let go of it until he's out by stadium like <laughs> it's so fucking annoying dude to be like like if i'm in the parking lot loading up my car or something it's so loud. I mean, it's got to be 120 decibels. It's loud as fuck. It hurts your fucking skull, dude. Fuck, dude. And he just, like, most of them give him a little honk like that. Uh, uh, uh. This guy's just...
0: Uh, uh,
2: <laughs> and you hear it fading off into probably, the distance. He probably just, like, picked up a
1: rock one day. He's the, Just uh, mad at the uh, world, uh, dude. And, no, he just, like, picked up a rock one day before he went back on and then just... Sets I'm, I'm, I'm going to set this down Until I get to this
2: point A likely story Like I've invented an elaborate backstory for this man like, he's <laughs> just I, Either he's just mad at the world And he's like in his late 50s And he's been working for Amtrak the entire time And he's just tired of everything Or he's just like crazy paranoid Because he actually hit someone once So he just really doesn't want Another pedestrian to wander in front of the train <laughs> Cal, So he just Cal lays N- on the Zoo. horn Yeah dude no, I mean, it's 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 like there's been many, many train versus human interactions wonder, in Kalamazoo. I wonder who won. It's very insensitive. <laughs> <laughs> it's very insensitive. You shall not pass. I've told you stories about my, my buddy who used to, like he transported dead bodies for a living yeah. for like 12 years. Yeah, there was a couple train plus human stories that, that like that's yeah, what they
1: yeah. call it train plus
2: human yeah train plus not, human totally not insensitive yeah. baby plus freezer okay toddler plus steamroller I've, <laughs> I've literally i've heard some fucking horror stories from that guy he's got yeah. a lot of baggage uh, i've
1: i've seen that all on Ogrish and all that i
2: don't want to see it i want to comfort yeah. people who've had to deal with it because it's fucking horrific man i know Let's get yeah. let's get back to you. Uh, yeah, construction to, work.
1: Yeah, you. It's kind of like camping.
2: Like we didn't have a yeah. toilet, so I shat in a bucket, and or at Lowe's, mm-hmm. and then we finally got the toilet installed the next day. And like it's it's interesting that we got the toilet installed like roughly coinciding with when we went to Golden Corral because there's an association yeah, there. I about
1: to <laughs> so say like I had I to take like
2: five shits after eating that food, dude. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was going to say, there was, like, no fights at
2: this Golden Corral due to lo- no. no more steak, right? No no fights at the Golden Corral. <laughs> Just Amish. God. No, the, actually, the lady, the server we had at Golden Corral, she was, like, this 18-year-old, like, fresh, fresh face. And she was actually really pleasant. And she was a little slow on getting me my sweet tea refills, but I'll forgive her. It was very busy. <laughs> Oh man, it's it's all about the Waffle House though. That's the yeah. true, the true road restaurant. Like all of the times that I've driven across the country, like overnight, the amount of times I've rolled into some backwater fucking Waffle House at 4am and just gotten a f- shit ton of grits and fucking, like they give, it's got that like, it's not real butter on the grits. It's like the popcorn flavoring like yeah. it's like it's like 70 percent vegetable oil it's yeah. it's not even um solid at room temperature but they just dump that shit on those fucking grits dude it's so good grits and and like a chocolate chip waffle and some shitty bacon like the thing i can't do at waffle house though is the i think it's either I think it's the hash browns are like reconstituted. They're like dried and then soaked in water and then fried. And they're just cardboard, dude. I can't do it. I can't do it. I cannot do it. The eggs are okay. But yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I've had some had had some fucking vomit bowls at goddamn Waffle House at four in the morning, dude, in like uh, Georgia vo- and vo- shit. Vomit bowls.
1: Oh, oh, sorry. I'm thinking of the KFC famous bowls. Yeah,
2: well, I ate which I of actually, those. which I actually do like, but right, still. man, a hundred pounds ago, I fucking ate a lot of KFC famous Pat, bowls. <laughs> Pat Oswald has such a good bit about that.
1: He's like, no, fe- America has spoken. Put all my food in a fucking bowl. <laughs> I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> like famous bowls right. are a type of thing you serve like some. You serve like a prisoner on Wait, What is lunch.
2: in a famous bowl? It's like it's corn, green beans, mashed potatoes, gravy, and chicken, right? All that except for the green beans. No green beans. Okay, yeah, not not the last time I ate it. Okay, but it had corn in it, right? Yeah, corn. Yeah, wow. it's like a shepherd's pie kind of. Yeah,
1: it's very good, but yeah, it's. Instead of putting out your food onto a plate like a regular human being, they just mash it all
2: together. Yeah, it's just a fucking slop bowl. America
1: has spoken. Yeah. Put my food in a fucking bowl. I don't care anymore.
2: It's the Bob Evans breakfast scramble.
1: Oh, fucking Bob Evans.
2: God, dude. We, I used to hang out with this girl named Liz, and we used to go to Bob Evans, because Bob Evans around here was also open... Not 24 hours. I think they opened at like 5.30 or something. And we would drink all night, stay up all night, and then we'd go to Bob Evans, but she would bring her cat.
3: She had a cat, a
2: cat named Ray Charles. And we would put the cat in our (laughs) hoodies so his little face would like stick out the hoodie. And we'd just sit there and eat at Bob Evans like shitty drunk with fucking ray charles on the table it was so fucking weird you know if you wanted to bring your camera out show how filthy you are <laughs>
1: uh.
2: god that girl put down the jack daniels my god dude she probably drank a bottle of jack daniels a day for like three years straight like the whole time i knew her she's still around Yeah, she's doing great. She's got kids. She lives in Florida. She's she's a great mom. Let's get her on the podcast, Liz. I miss that girl. She'd probably do it. I I haven't talked to her like voice to voice in probably fifteen years. I bet, but like, oh no, I think I got. I went out and had dinner with them in like twenty thirteen. Okay. Yeah. Ray Charles still around? I think so. She's got two. Huskies now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Adorable huskies. One get, of them has health problems. Let's Skip Ray Charles on the podcast. <laughs> that was he was a badass cat, dude. He ended up spending a summer in Kalkaska because he like ran away and then they went back to the cabin and he was just there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh,
1: Anderson, Indiana, yay or nay.
2: Uh disc golf, yay. Waffle May. House, yay. Shitty Harbor Freight. <laughs> um, the, the Lowe's is pretty piss poor, too. Um, Let's see, where else did I eat in Anderson, India? The Panda Express was all right. <laughs> My favorite fast food, right. Panda Express. There was a mire there. Yeah, definitely went to the mire, bought some... $2.99 a pound cherries. Holy shit, this reminds me of something, but finish what, you're about, <laughs> finish what you're saying. And some cherries and some roast beef and Sargento extra sharp cheese sticks. Some Cool Ranch Doritos. You know, hmm. pretty, pretty normal hmm. construction trip. There you go. <laughs> Drove a two-wheel drive Chevy Silverado that had air conditioning somehow. All right. Okay, so.
1: Actually, while well, well, I just remember, I'll incorporate it to our final topic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Are we done with Indiana? Yeah, sure. Can can we finally be done with this fucking shithole state?
2: (laughs) Boring fucking piece of garbage. I met Marcus King in Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, Who's that? Uh, He's a pretty popular uh, guitar player right now. Oh, okay.
1: Well, let's get on to the final topic. And uh, I don't think that we should title this a special uh,
2: segment Oh, do, 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 do. special segment with Garrett Shelkey. Okay, no, I, I got, got a perfect
1: one. name for it, too. Uh, Paging Dr. Elmblad.
2: Paging Dr. Elmblad. Because... Uh, it's herpes. I wish. <laughs>
1: no, uh, well, last last month I talked to you about my mental health journey, mm-hmm. which I basically started. Mm-hmm. I want to give you an update on said journey. All right. Because, for one, I just want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Two, it's kind of, kind of helped me... Keep going, I guess, because mm-hmm. I'm such a narcissist, I have to talk about it. All right. I just can't keep everything to myself. And, uh, yeah, it's content. It's good content. Is people. that what this is? Yeah, people, <laughs> want, people must hear the content.
2: Dear listeners.
1: And I want to, tell, I want to call this segment Paging Dr. Elmblad, because I'm basically unloading all this onto you, Zach Elmblad.
2: All right, Because not,
1: not only are you my editor, but you're now basically my psychiatrist.
2: The trash can lid is open
1: Yeah it, You know, we got a couch here Usually it's, it's for casting purposes The casting
2: couch what, what, Yeah, there are some suspect stains on that couch It's been around for a while Look at
1: me, I'm on the couch <laughs> I'm on the casting couch But no, I could very
2: easily lay down And you can
1: sit there with your In the chair Tell me about your relationship with your mother Yeah, how is your sex life? <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, I wanted to give you an update on my mental health journey.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I have say, it's, this month's been really good, actually. Good. And uh, I have two reasons for this Now I will now show you.
2: He's getting on the casting couch, guys. Look out. No, I'm not. I'm pulling something out of this bag. That is a strange growth on your taint. <laughs> um, paper. It looks like a monkey pock.
1: No, I'm I'm bringing something out of this paper bag of mine. I Stand back, everyone. There's this could bags. be this could be dangerous. <laughs> call me Bud. dog Call me Budgewire. Wire.
2: Oh boy. Anyway, yeah, let's not do that.
1: No, no, and hero. <laughs> anyway, it, so it's been been a good month, and these are two things I have actually. I'm not kidding. I'm not fucking joking. Have actually helped me a lot.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: Oh, these yellow books look familiar. Uh, Zach, can you re- can you tell the listeners what I'm showing you right now? I am looking at a copy of Mein Kampf on the left. <laughs> <laughs> on the right, <laughs> I see Lolita. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> <We>
3: got- <laughs> wow.
2: Yeah. Uh, no, uh, we're looking at Anger Management for Dummies and Anxiety and Depression Workbook for Dummies. Yeah. All right.
1: Yeah. Oh, that was a good That was a banger. Good one, Zach. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: okay. So I got these two books. Uh,
1: yeah. I have to say they've really been a nice help because uh, one thing is that I'm really trying to keep an open mind on what I'm doing, what I'm getting into. Mm-hmm. But... Not so open that i fall for, like, an obvious scam or a cult or something like that.
2: That's a good line to, to draw, <laughs>
1: yeah, I think. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but, uh, so, and so, like, I was looking for books, and a lot of them are, they kind of fall into two categories. It's either stuff like, you know, happiness is yours, how to be happy in ten days.
2: Right, how to shit, unfuck your brain. Yeah,
1: shit like that,
2: where it
1: shows, like, some fucking guy on the cover. Or it's someone, like, talking about their personal journey, which is fine. Mm You know, that's legit. But I want something that's not a scam, and I want something that will, like, not a personal journey, but tell me shit to do. Like, a step-by-step guide, so Mm -hmm. to say. And, yeah, lo and behold, the Four Dummies brand is there.
2: And these have really worked well. Wild. Yeah, and, uh... Practicing delayed brooding, I feel like I could help. <laughs> <laughs> this this could help me. Yeah,
1: I have not read these books from cover to cover. I've been like going back and forth subject to subject, and it has worked because uh, I think maybe it's that one actually, but uh, both of them have feature like exercises that you can do to like help help you like come come to terms with like your issues, how <laughs> to deal with certain subjects. And it's been really good. With one problem of mine called intru- with my intrusive. Plans. Okay, yeah. Like it's like even like it's sh- like for example, I recognize one trigger already: boredom. Mm. And this happens a lot at work and when I'm traveling. Even if I'm like listening to like music I like or a podcast. And it's been two things, and here they, they advise like two things really, like one you recognize that you're. And a true thought, you, like, stop it dead in your tracks, like, stop, or whoa, whoa there, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or, I've been going back and forth on this. You either stop reading it completely, or uh, you think it over, and, like, you try to look at it from all angles. Like, why are you thinking about this? Is this a big deal? Mm-hmm. You feel this way, but how do the people on, on the other side feel?
2: Yeah, so, man. I yeah, mean, it's been really good. And most of the questions of mindfulness are internally directed.
1: Yeah. yeah, and they also like give examples that they probably made up or whatever. Like, you know,
2: Jill has problems with her depression and it makes her blah, blah, blah. It's secret, secretly all written about Laura L. Smith, Ph.D.'s ex-husband. Exactly.
1: It's <laughs> taken it from real-life examples. <laughs> Especially from the, the passive the au- aggression. From the authors. Yeah, so uh, it has uh, helped me out in, like, uh, examining a lot of problems. And, like, either I'm stopping them or, since I'm bored, like, I actually go over in my mind while I'm working, like, why do I feel this way? Mm-hmm. And it has worked, because uh, not a lot of, like, I'm still dealing with, like, the more personal issues, like, the real personal stuff. Right. But, like, a lot of dumb shit, like, especially around here, like, I experienced in Kalamazoo. The best way I could put it is like It'll come up in some way Like Mm -hmm. randomly or I'll see a post or something And instead of like getting angry about it It's almost like a black and white film going through my head Mm -hmm. Like I still see it but like I don't feel any way towards it Mm -hmm. And that's been amazing Amazing to me actually Because it's like something that a couple months ago I would have gotten like viscerally angry about That happened like a decade ago it's now it just goes through my mind and it's like,
2: mm. yeah, just events that happened and happened.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm really glad about that because, uh, and they're right too. You know, the past is the past, mm-hmm. and unless you honestly did something that should come back to haunt you, like
2: something criminal, for yeah, example, cr- criminal. But yeah. if it's something dumb, then not phone freaking.
1: Yeah, not phone freaking. <laughs> actual, actual fucking crimes.
2: Not prank calling cheeto in the middle of the night, no, that's something you should always remember,
1: but yeah, uh, fondly, but yeah, so far, I've really been like nailing out with dumb shit either i'm either it's either I guess say I'm flattening it so that it doesn't bother me, or like I can stop myself from thinking about it from being stressed out. That's good, and that's been really great
2: specifically for intrusive thoughts yeah
1: yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and my next big thing on that that i want to really look into is forgiving myself Mm -hmm. because there are a lot of things that i guess i've done or that i've said or even the way i acted Mm -hmm. i feel bad about sure and yeah i guess uh I just gotta learn to forgive myself on some things.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. Like, in our own self narrative, we wanna see ourselves as the good guy. But, in like, even oftentimes, you can think you're doing the right thing and be doing the wrong thing and not even realize it until yeah, later, well, a lot, significantly later. Yeah, I've,
1: yeah, I have a lot of that, especially yeah. with regards to like the way I go about with humor and that. Mm-hmm. Like, I've had a couple of times where it's like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have joked during
2: that time, or right. or I didn't
1: read the room right.
2: Yeah, but then that that's a good point about like most people have forgotten about that stuff minutes after. Like whatever it is that you're hung up about, yeah. most of the time, other people see as a completely insignificant happening.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The one thing I won't do though, because I tried to do it, it, didn't work, is talking out with people and asking forgiveness i've mm. i've tried that before and it does not fucking work
2: no the other person at, has to be in the same kind of mindset of of like moving on and and being better in yeah, many cases at, yeah. yeah
1: at worst i got ignored at best i got ignored are mm. times i've been told to fuck off or that i'm full shit mm. Yeah, I've gotten some heady apologies. Yeah, well, one person even went so far as to screenshot my apology and posted a group calling me a piece of shit in that. Wow.
2: That's intense. Yeah, yeah, that was
1: a decade ago. So so that's the one thing I'm foregoing. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'm wrong for foregoing that, but I just can't do that right now. You know, go back with certain people that I've talked to you about and just be Mm -hmm. like, Hey, I'm sorry, or let's talk it over. It's not gonna happen. Yeah, that's
2: one of the twelve steps of yeah. Alcoholism. Yeah, I
1: thought about that too.
2: Alcoholism. Even though, ways. even though I'm
1: honestly not going to AA,
2: mm-hmm. but because
1: uh, I'm not, I am not an
2: alcoholic,
1: despite my bravado with drinking.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, yeah, so right, so right now, I'm still, so for this month, I've still work on intrusive thoughts.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Then I'm gonna work probably this upcoming month on trying to forgive myself on certain things
2: seems like a good thing to work on
1: yep and uh and like i said in here they have writing exercise that even i've been doing on like i have a complete journal now that i've been writing stuff down on mm-hmm. and yeah that's been a big help too and uh i'm gonna tell you two things that you're gonna both find funny and maybe sus no, it's another thing that has helped me out. Cleaning my room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Somewhere out there, Jordan Peterson is just coming' his pants yeah. right now. No, I'm not kidding. Uh, I've been, like, in the past, like, I would have a room that was clean. That would get messy over time that I do yeah. a big cleanup. No, every day now, I've been, like, every single day, I'm not kidding. Unless I'm, like, out of town or something. Yeah, I've been taking steps to clean and arrange and... Yeah. holy shit it's actually helped yeah i do that I every like,
2: morning yeah I like, I like tidy up my room make my bed yeah, like bring the dishes down all that yeah shit, it's yeah. been
1: really helpful and uh i'm not saying like assholes like jordan
2: peterson are right you know, clean your room mm. but you it know, does set the framework for the yeah, day though
1: yeah 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 so i've been working on keeping my space tidier and it's been helping mm-hmm. even decorating like i told you earlier bye bye i'm like buying
2: a it's in prayer flags.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So that's been helping yeah. with that. Sometimes, and some people will gamify the thing. Like one thing I liked to do when I was sort of beginning those practices is I have this thing called the cleaning pyramid. And so it's like, it's like a thing that I can level up on. So I can get up to levels of the cleaning pyramid. So the first level of the cleaning pyramid is my room. And it's like if I, if I manage to get my room cleaned enough the, the day before so that when I wake up and my room is already cleaned and the 10 minutes or 15 minutes that I would usually take to tidy up the room no longer needs to be utilized for that purpose, then I'll move on to the next level of the cleaning pyramid, which is the bathroom.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So then like if I wake up and both my bedroom and my bathroom are clean, then I'll clean the kitchen. And if all three are clean, then I start focusing on the office here yeah and then if my office is clean as well i'll clean my car and then if the car is clean i'll clean my storage unit downstairs and then i'll break out into other shit like Mm -hmm. i'll i'll start cleaning the like the shared spaces between jason and i Mm -hmm. like the basement or the living room or or the um the dining room and then if i have all of that shit in good shape then i'll help other people like i'll go Mm -hmm. to my parents house and work on shit in the garage or like Go help someone else with their project for cleaning. So yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, my, yeah. Game of Yeah,
1: mine's a little more chaotic than yours, but I have found myself even this week. Like, I would think of something I need to clean or rearrange. I would actually get excited about it at my mm-hmm. job. That's how fucking bored I am. Yeah, dude. Like I, like I got such a hard on to think. <laughs> like, holy shit! I that was so much better if I arranged my clothes in that manner.
2: Cleaning will make an hour go by real fast, dude. Yeah, yeah, I
1: know, so there's that. Yeah. And there are things I another writing exercise I've started to do, and it comes from an unlikely source. Tell me, Zachary Almblad. Have you uh ever heard of the philosopher, writer, sailor, adventurer known as L. Ron Hubbard? <laughs> 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 yeah, <he laughs> I, I know where you think this is going, but the answer may shock
2: you Alright, yeah, I seem to remember him having a boat or something
1: <laughs> Yep, just a, just a guy with a just boat Just a guy no, with a no, boat, yeah else.
2: Okay, so, uh,
1: no, uh, one of my writing exercises I'm getting into has been very really good, too, Is called, uh, I'm basically writing affirmations Okay, yeah Okay, and the, what inspired this was, uh I go to sleep and most of the time I have like last podcast on left episodes on. They help me go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And this time I was listening to like their Scientology series again, re-listening. And, uh, and they talked about how like there was a time where L Ron Hubbard, you know, for all his, uh, for all the shit that he's known for, he was actually like a master hypnotist pretty much. And master manipulator. I could and, definitely uh, see that one. And uh he was so good at it that he basically uh through his time he was like having a hard time with his finances, his love life. Everything was shit and it was all his fault, obviously. And uh yeah. more so he was also like grifting the navy mm-hmm. with like constantly stuff like, Oh my foot hurts, oh my stomach hurts. But then he like he basically did it so much that he, like, hypnotized himself into thinking he actually had the problems that he thought he had. Wow. But then he realized that he hypnotized himself, so he decided to deprogram himself.
2: Interesting. He,
1: yeah, you see how insane this is? Yeah. But the way he did was he started writing affirmations for himself. And uh, he would even record it and, like, play it back. And, uh... <laughs> Wow, in hindsight, what we know about L. Ron Hubbard, they're hilarious, actually. The majority of them. here's Here's some of them from Wikipedia, okay? Your psychology is advanced and true and wonderful. It hypnotizes people. It predicts their emotions, for you are their ruler. And you like to have intimate friends approve of the love you for what you are. This desire to be loved does not amount to psychosis. Hmm. You will make fortunes writing. You will live to be 200 years old. You will always look young. Money will flood upon you. Material things are yours for the asking. Men are your slaves. Wow. Which, in hindsight, is hilarious. And you know what? I'll read you my personal favorite of his, okay? Because, like I said, he had problems with women, obviously. Mm-hmm. This one, wow. Uh, my personal favorite, okay? <clears throat> you have no fear if they conceive. What if they do? You do not care. Pour into them and let fate decide.
2: <laughs> Whoa, that's that's nasty.
1: <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, masturbation does not injure or make insane. Your parents were an error. Everyone masturbates. He is right about that.
2: Everybody jerks off Yeah.
1: So anyway I listened to this episode About Henry Even Ronald Reagan Well you you know Ronald (laughs) Reagan You know all his names Ronald Wilson Reagan All has six letters in them I did not know that Six, six, Ronald Reagan Wow He was the Antichrist actually Maybe he built The Georgia Guidestones Probably But anyway uh, So really I've listened to Zabrowski's His take on You know L. Ron Hubbard with his affirmations. And yeah, I was like, you know, that wouldn't be a bad idea. So like I started writing out stuff for myself. And uh I'm not gonna share them here because they're personal, very intensely personal. I a writer who writes about my shit, who makes up stories, who writes a po- who has a podcast where I'm talking about this what we're shit doing? right now. Yeah. Maybe we're on a podcast. I guess so. Oh, closest we're gonna get. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, I'm right So I'm actually writing like a lot of personal, encouraging stuff, and yeah, it feels good. Shit feels good, dude. Good. And I won't share. I won't share them on here, but uh, but yeah, yeah. I'm really liking it right now, so I'm gonna keep doing that along with like the other exercises yeah I say it Elrond had something going on there too bad he didn't stick to that but he went with like mind control and everything in general
3: yeah (laughs) And, and
1: I guess I'm looking at this from a different angle like I'm not looking at this from just like emotions or past troubles or mental illness just from like oh I need help I'm actually thinking like okay some of this stuff I've probably been thinking like in this mindset for so long that it's programmed into me like I literally, like, literally that's my first reaction to something, no matter what. Yeah. Maybe, indeed, like Hubbard, I need to deprogram myself. So I'm kind of looking at it from that angle. I assure you, though, from the affirmations, I'm not writing shit like, you control everything. Like, I'm not doing that. But I am saying, like,
2: you no. Know, Hey, you can finish this novel. I've got a cock the size of the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. Uh,
1: not there yet. Maybe if I get sad, I will. But, like, you know, you you will finish this novel. You can sing this song. You know, stuff like that. So,
2: sounds yeah. like chaos magic.
1: Kind of. Funny you should say that, because, <laughs> yeah, there's actually a big magic component to Scientology. I mean... For a while there, L. Ron Hubbard was a follower of Thelema, yep. hung out with Jack Parsons. Jack Parsons even gave a, Crawley a good review of him, though Crawley thought he was a fucking con man, which turned out he was. You know, it takes a con man to know a con man. Exactly, I, I was going to
2: say, yeah. huh? Hmm, that's a little uh, pot calling the kettle black there. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, My pots are silver. My kettle is black. I have some some black cast iron pans, I guess. So maybe the the cast iron pan calling the black tea kettle black. Wow, very cool, Zach.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, uh, that's been my mental health journey so far. It's been going very good. Uh, I guess this adds this ends this segment. Oh wait, no, it doesn't end it actually. Um, another thing, I uh, have been trying to. get get involved with uh, doing stuff for the good of the world like I used to. Like, like I'm starting to, like, like there's a group called Friends of Grand Rapids Parks where they get together and put on events or, like, do park cleanups. Or, like, the case I did two weeks ago, uh, I joined a group where we went out and cut down invasive species trees. Yeah, that was pretty fun. So I'm also looking into like doing service stuff like that that involves nature, probably the home, homeless and food justice stuff. So I'm slowly, cool. so I want to try to do this at least like once a month, a service, just volunteer stuff. That's good. You know, live up to my ideals as best I could. And you know, just something good to do with other people.
2: I think that's good, man. Like, it's definitely good to to try to serve the world you live in, like there's things that go on outside yourself and it's really yeah. easy to lose sight of that oftentimes. Yeah, I
1: I am thinking maybe getting politically involved with stuff, but I'm still very hesitant because I did political stuff when I lived here in Kalamazoo and wow, uh, for as much good as I think I did, put up with a lot of shit, met a lot of shitty people, a lot infighting that I just don't want to get take part in. So I'm being very cautious on that.
2: Yeah, man. It's kind of a cesspool here in the zoo. Yeah. You can start... Yeah, good old Kilamazoo. Yeah, dude. Cut two lanes out of Westnage and turn one into a fucking protected bike lane when people love to go fucking 60 miles an hour through those intersections. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. God, fucking hippie bullshit! Want to put bike lanes? I'm definitely all about bike lanes. The problem is that we don't have any traffic for bike lanes, and they decided to put the bike lane in the center of one of the major thoroughfares in and out of town. It's yeah. very stupid.
1: Yeah, but it's
2: also next to WMU, so. It's not though. It's nowhere near Western. But it's right, it's right here. It's like like a hundred feet from where we're sitting. Wait. Okay, I'm thinking of a Park Street and Westnage.
1: Yeah, wait, I'm thinking about different one that's next to WMU and the football field. What street is that? Howard
2: or Stadium Drive? Yes, yeah, Stadium. Down there. Stadium.
1: Yeah. That's the one I'm thinking.
2: Yeah, no, we're, we're like two miles away from there.
1: Okay, I'm thinking of a different bike lane that they're setting up over there.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I think they're putting bike lanes on stadium, but that makes sense. So, like, what I'm talking about here is a, is a four-lane, one-way road. And for two blocks of the one-way, they took away the leftmost lanes, made a, made a parking lane that turns into a left-turn lane, And then the interior lane, second lane in from from the left, they made a protected bike lane. So in order to get into the left turn lanes or into the parking lanes, you have to cross the protected bike lane. It's it's a fucking disaster, man. It's a complete, unmitigated, foolish disaster. People are going to die. Well, there's only one solution to the sack you must write an angry letter to the editor. I will call Mayor Anderson myself and tell him No, no, no better, how stupid better, I think he no, is.
1: Better yet, you go to a city meeting, and then when you go up there, you refuse to like give your last name or tell where you live,
2: and then you just yell <laughs> and go over your time. I've, I've told you before that I ran the videos on those city meetings for a year, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 well, I
1: attended a few of them when I lived here, both for... Political purposes and for my journalism classes. Yeah, boy, howdy, did I see some winners there? Oh yeah, dude. I actually saw one dude who looked like Hagrid from Harry Potter. (laughs) You know, the big bearded dude. You're, You're a wizard, Eddie. Yep. Except for the whole time, you cannot understand
2: him at all.
3: When I was
2: when I was doing it most of the meetings were filled up with logistics for the remediation of the Enbridge oil spill. Oh yeah. And that was probably very spicy. There was some, there was some definite spice moments in there for sure. Because it's like, there would be like actual discourse going on, like actual planning. And then like people would just like interrupt with like the most bonkers shit. And you're like, dude, like, This is sort of another aspect, like your desire to protest is disrupting the actual process of governing. Like, it's one thing to have your opinion, but then to come in and try to interrupt the actual meetings. Like, what do you what exactly do you think you're accomplishing? Or, you know,
1: were there any pro Enbridge people there? No, it was like, like, no one was like, you know what? Fuck the river. I'm glad that I'm glad that there's a pipeline broke. It's already polluted anyway, so fuck it.
2: No, it was like a like we shouldn't. We should just let it be natural and like shouldn't like part of the remediation project was like digging out, um, or like installing. Kayak launches and canoe yeah. launches and stuff like that, and people were against that. There was a bunch. Of, this is weird shit. You know, everybody's yeah. got their opinion. Yeah, you know? everyone's got have an opinion, and man. it's it's really difficult to try to like. I I was sympathetic toward the the commission the city commissioners at the time. It's very difficult to be sympathetic for the Kalamazoo yeah. city commissioners. The, the, the
1: only good commissioner is.
2: Don Cooley. Don Cooley is Cooney. Cooney. Cooney's fucking cool. He, he's on. <laughs> he, he's very much akin to Bernie
1: Sanders. He's very
2: cool. He is. Yeah, and he like that's a guy that is God, well attended yeah, to God, uh, local yeah, events as well. Yeah. God bless Don Cooley. That guy will show his face. And put it down. Yeah. Like, then there was the guy, like the CEO of Eaton Corp. I forget what his name was. Very trustworthy guy, yeah. CEO. <laughs> yeah. And then Anderson was the vice mayor and he's now the mayor because oh. Hopewell stepped down. i missing like,
1: Hopewell now.
2: Huh? <laughs> dude, that's the thing though. Like, I mean, it's, it's easy to be, it, it's easy to be pessimistic about your local government figures and it's easy to be, to like write them off as all corrupt and shit. And like Bobby Hopewell had a fuckload of controversies, oh, but yeah. ult- ultimately like, Kalamazoo could have been a whole lot worse off if if we had had a more fucked up mayor, I guess. That's that's politics in the United States, though, like you there is no anything but gray area, because even a guy who's just fucking horrific does a couple of things in his career that makes him not a bad guy, you know? Is, I don't know. Bobby Hopewell. There's all sorts of fucking scandalous rumors about Bobby Hopewell.
1: I know I, I know some of them, actually. Yep. I almost reported on one of them. But that's a that's a dark story for another day. And, uh, yeah, this ends this month's portion of Paging Dr. Elmblad. Uh, Dr. Elmblad, thank you for hearing about my psychological and emotional issues again. I know you... Yeah, I know that you're my editor, but I should start paying you for this as well.
2: <laughs> next time, don't lean so hard into mind Kampf, my friend. All right. Hitler's not the answer. Uh,
1: next time, uh, we're going to talk, talk about how I learned from the anarchist cookbook. <sighs> All right. <laughs> All right, it's almost 6 o'clock. We should probably end this, because... Uh, I need to call my mommy. Call mommy. And then uh, go to B-Movie Euphoria tonight because uh, they're showing the TV-edited version of Death Wish. So, like, no swearing, no excessive gore or anything. Give me a fun time. Hell yeah. I do wish they would show, like, the TV-edited version of either Repo Man or The Big Lebowski. (laughs) Because those things have so much swearing in it that it's hilarious, like, what they did. Like...
2: You remember the Big Lebowski, right? You seen that I movie? I remember it yeah, well. Yeah, remember the scene where, like, they interrogate a registered the, pastor of the Church of the Latter Day Dude.
1: Yeah, remember the scene where, like, him and his friend are interrogating this kid that they thought stole a car or whatever. They wouldn't. They wasn't getting the answers they want. So he's like, "Okay, Tommy, this is what happens when you fuck a man in the ass." Remember that scene? Yep. Well, in the TV edited version, it was changed to... This is what happens when you meet a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> you see what you see what happens, Tommy. You see what happens when you meet a stranger in the Alps. He
2: smashes the car with yeah. a baseball bat, and then yeah. like the guy, the actual owner yeah. comes yeah, right like out.
1: I smash your car now. Yeah. yeah, so that's the TV edit of Big Lebowski, and I they I need to show it sometime at B-Movie Euphoria. I'll talk to Nick Valaire, former guest, and see if he'll do it sometime. <laughs> oh, and, uh, fun fact that I can never find on YouTube again. I looked up, I was trying to look up that clip years ago, and I found one that said, when you meet a stranger in the Alps, and it showed, like, some mountains. And then, like, two guys came out with, like, comically long swords and started sword
2: fighting each other badly. Ugh. You meet a stranger in the Alps. Wasn't Utsi found in the Alps? Who Utsi? The like the Stone Age dead guy that they found preserved in the snow. I have no. I'm opinion. pretty sure Utsi. They was by, found they
1: the dead people in like the Himalayas.
2: They just leave them there. Yep.
1: It's kind of like Warner's. Well, trash. on
2: Everest, yeah, there's like thirty or forty dead yeah, climbers. Yeah, yeah, to the point where like
1: you can tell where where you are. On yeah, the they u- they use
2: them as landmarks. Yeah. What way to go? <laughs> yeah, there's also an entire pile of discarded oxygen canisters that's like several feet high. Yeah, there's a lot of trash there. A lot of poop too. Oh yeah. So it's is nearly made of poop the whole mountain. You know, it's crazy because humans shit like once a day.
1: <laughs> well, you want know, you know, to hear something crazier? Remember Henry David Thoreau, the philosopher? He wrote, yes. He wrote Walden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the actual Walden Pond is still around. People it's upstate it. New York, right? Yeah, people swim in it. And guess what? By this point now, this was a couple of years ago, people have pissed in Walden Pond so much that it's
2: acidic. The entire thing's acidic. You're basically swimming in piss whenever you yeah. go to Walden Pond. There's uh. There are hot springs in Colorado that keep having um like p- people shit in them like and and they like puke and like get <laughs> fucking drunk out there and there's like E coli and what's yeah. what's the one there's one that comes from your shit that you can get like I think it's E coli. <laughs> well E coli shiga shiga producing shiga toxin producing E coli is like a meat packing thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Human agent Smith from the matrix is right. Humans <laughs> are a virus. Kinda. All right. We're not getting
2: pessimistic. We're done here.
1: Everyone. Thanks for listening. Zach, uh, do some plugs.
2: Uh, this is an open G, uh, detuned. Um, <laughs> My plugs, I don't really have like publicly available stuff that I'm doing right now, but um, I am currently restoring a 1981 Honda CM400T. So I'm, I'm working on some motorcycle shit. I'm redoing some old vintage bicycles, and I will probably do some videos of the reassembly of those because I've been noticing on YouTube there's a lot of like disassembly of motorcycle engines but the reassembly videos are kind of lacking so i think a lot of what i'm going to do if i do any youtube content for my restoration projects other than the piano is going to be like reassembly like because there's a lot of coverage on like how to paint a bicycle like how to how to take apart a bottom bracket but then when it's like well how do you grease up a vintage like most of the people are just taking out the old vintage bottom brackets and then putting in sealed cartridge bottom brackets. Like I want to actually learn how to like take out all the ball bearings and repack them and like do it the way that you're supposed to. So yeah, there's that. I'm still working on normal on trial. That motherfucker ain't going to be done for another 20 years. I'm a George RR Martin. That thing. You should do what I'm doing with my affirmations, right? You will finish this book. I have so many little scraps of paper in my archives of like finish normal on trial <laughs> August twenty fifteen. Finish no. normal on trial February twenty
1: seventeen. No, no <laughs> you're doing it wrong. You have to do like me and basically brainwash yourself right. into, into finishing. No, <laughs> I've been <laughs> writing
2: that manuscript since 2014. I wrote the first couple of lines of it and, and the outline in, in like November of twenty
1: fourteen. All right. All right, everyone. Uh thanks for listening. Zach, thanks, thanks once again. Thanks to John Five and John, John, uh, John Popper, who has the same last name of the thing that you snort when you want blowjobs to feel better.
2: <laughs> and thanks to the Kurt Vonnegut finger puppet.
1: Wide open beavers. <laughs> wide open
2: beavers oh there's the title of this episode (laughs) wide open beavers you got Uh, it that's better than what was the equal opportunity pansexual heaven i think was the last one yeah
1: (laughs) all right all right everyone thanks for listening uh see you next month where hopefully we'll have a very special guest if he doesn't back out i'm not fucking kidding it's gonna be really awesome hell yeah yep all right everyone see you later oh here's the outro song